Recorded live. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Married Men Don't Talk Show, produced by HouseholdStress.com, the talk show with a top-selling book and an app for your Android smartphones. We come your way every Tuesday night from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But you can get more info about this show by visiting our new and improved website, HouseholdStress.com. Listeners can participate in one of our live weekly talk shows by calling in or logging on to HouseholdStress.com from your personal computer as an anonymous guest. Phone lines are open right now, but this show is strictly for men only, so call into the hottest talk show in the world. Now, we have a couple of rules, and they are absolutely no profanity and no politics, and more importantly, no racial stuff. This show is apolitical and race neutral so that we can make sure that any man can feel comfortable on our show. And furthermore, fellas, this ain't Bible study. We want you to just be able to come to our show as a man, and that is it. This virtual talk show always presents the hottest topics for discussion, and tonight is no different. Tonight's topic is love and war. My name is Rodney, and I'll be your pilot for the evening, and I might even DJ a little bit tonight, but more on that later. I've got a lot of material, and the hope is that I can get this plane off the ground and ultimately land on a safe conclusion. This is a fluid conversation, so if you do have something to say, Please feel free to do so, or if you just prefer to listen, that's absolutely fine as well. But please try to hang on until the end, because you'll definitely want to hear the conclusion to this episode. All right, with all of that said, let's get started. Now, to those of you that don't know, I met my wife in college. We were both selected to attend a six-week program sandwiched in between high school graduation and the first semester of college. Now, when I first saw her, fellas, I wasn't thinking about how she was going to be my wife, you know, as P-Town told us last week about when he first met his wife. You know, he told her he was going to marry and all that good stuff. It wasn't like that for me. Um, But we did eventually start kicking it midway through this program and started officially dating on the first day of college. We were college sweethearts, dated all throughout college, um, You know, we broke up for a few days um, just for something silly, but we got it back together. So literally all four years we dated. Um, We actually got engaged the summer before our senior year, and then we got married two months after college graduation. So after three kids and almost 14 years later, the rest, as they say, is history. So how did y'all meet your wives? I just told you how I met my wife. How did y'all meet? Your wives, anybody, how did you meet your wife? Met my wife online. Really? I did. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. Yep. Met online. Good stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, we have another brother that met his wife online. I don't know if he's on tonight. Um, But what about the rest of you guys? How did you meet your wife? 
Man, I met my wife in, in college, too. It was my senior year, but I walked up to her and asked her, uh, you know, what she was thinking about because she looked a little down. She said, I'm thinking about my boyfriend. And the rest, uh, as they say, is history. <laughs> so she had a boyfriend? She had a boyfriend when we met. And uh, needless to say, uh, you know, that ended. <laughs> So when you rolled up on the scene, it was like, it's a wrap. Uh, yeah, you know, I took a little bit, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> good words, good words. Anybody else? How did you meet your wife? I met my wife at a business conference. At a business conference? So work-related? Work-related, yep. Now, was she, in, was, was she working for your company or another company? We were working for the same company, just in different locations, different states, actually. Nice. Good stuff. Yeah. We were working in different states, but we met in a, in a, at a conference in Wisconsin. Wow. Out of, all, out of all places, around January 7th, first week of January, like the second week of January, uh, where it's the coldest. <laughs> 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 but at least something good came out of it. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. That's good words, brother. And and what what, what did y'all have in common? You know, when you met at the conference, I mean, what, what did you what did you find that y'all actually had in common? Well, we had a, had a couple things in common actually, uh, especially, and it stood out because of everyone else that was there. Uh, we were going out to to eat, um, out to dinner. Everyone was, you know. Getting their drinks, getting their drink on. Neither one of us was uh, drank, and then uh, we were both very family oriented. She's concerned about her, uh, her um, children, and she was calling to find out what was going on there. You know where she was at. I was calling to go my son and all this other stuff. So it was, um, it was interesting. We had, like I said, we were family oriented, and we were uh, neither one of us drank. We had a few things in common that started the conversation. That's good words. Good words. Anybody else? What What did you and your wife have in common? What did y'all? What, what was some commonality where you were like, "Man, this this chick is pretty cool." Hello, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Go ahead, brother. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. Um. Uh, I think uh, uh, like with my wife, I had uh, very little in common. Like we like the same kind of music we met at a music festival okay but but uh then uh um i'm i'm not from here like i'm i'm from russia and she's from united states nice and and it was uh very interesting to see there were so many differences but it was kind of a enriching uh experience you know it was uh many new things she discovered in me and i discovered many new New things in her. So, but we had, uh, you know, besides music, we had, uh, uh, we had known uh, many things about each other before we started, uh, you know, dating. And then, even then, uh, I think, you know, what we had in common is uh, interest to a uh, different culture mm-hmm. and uh, and interest in uh, differences. You know, like finding out, um, discovering. So that was common. Good words. Well, what about the uh, what about the difference? The differences uh, you talked about. What were the uh, 
the glaring differences between, you know, well, you and what? Well, it's just culturally huge differences. Uh, you know, um, growing up in the different countries, uh, you just don't realize how much, uh, you know, culture you're carrying and stuff that uh, we assume, like... Uh, you know the way the way I talk, she thinks that uh, I'm arguing, but I'm I'm just uh, you know that's the way I talk, and I never pay attention until uh, you know I start talking with her, and then she's like uh, telling me you know stop arguing, but I'm not arguing, I'm just uh, you know <laughs> so yeah, it was a lot of differences, uh, but uh, again no, it was very interesting. Um, to find out, and later, you know, six la- years later, uh, living together, we decided, um, you know, to uh, go into couple counseling, just to, you know, uh, to have somebody like a third person opinion, you know, to help us work out those uh, differences, and wow. that was the most amazing experience, and. Uh, uh, we, it's been already uh, what um, uh, eight or nine months, and we just had um, uh, one session like a couple of weeks ago, where we kind of um, look at uh, like a make a review, you know, like, um, and we decided we we just gonna uh, continue because uh, we never had such a good relationship uh, before, you know, like we I start to understand her better, and I think she start to uh, kind of give me a space for, you know, like, um, uh, kind of expressing myself the way I I was uh, raised. Mm-hmm. Mm. So did you grow up in a home, you know, where did your parents have uh, open and honest communication, or did your parents usually just talk about, like, the, the surfacey, superficial stuff? Uh, well, um... There was one of the differences, uh, like, uh, I thought, you know, my, my parents were, uh, pretty honest, but, but they get divorced, you know, as well as her parents. And her parents, uh, you know, I would, I would, I would say that they have, they had their superficial communication, um, uh, but I, I don't know, better ask her. It just, uh, it seems like, but that's one of the issues we start to have, you know, like with a busy life, you know, she's doing her study, I'm doing my work, and we have a child, and we really have a time, you know, like, you know, to communicate with each other about their kind of big things, you know, we kind of like, yeah, like, you know, like on the superficial level, we are okay, but only when we start to go to couples counseling, we start to discover, oh, okay, you know, there is this, uh, you know, thing with which we kind of keep avoiding talking because I don't know why, but uh, you know, when we sit down in a kind of a safe environment, it was um, it was actually not a not a you know not a big problem. It was just a matter of um, you know finding time and you know talking about it and. Um, and not being afraid of it. Yeah, good words, good words. And were you in the right place? Yeah. You know, you're in the right place. And uh, I want to throw the question back out to the group, um, you know, regarding, you know, the similarities and the differences. But um, 
did 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 y'all grow up in a home where your parents had open and honest communication? Like, how was their communication style? Was it open and honest, or was it, you know, your parents? You know, they they took took a long time to work it out to resolve the issues. Like, you know, how did how did they how did your parents communicate when it came to resolving conflict in your household as a child when you were growing up? Anybody? Mm, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even well, remember, to be honest with you. I don't remember too much, but I remember probably when you were younger, they would argue and spell out words. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, they, I guess in my family, they tried to keep the arguments separate. So, you know, either they'd be in the back room and we'd be in the front. Uh, it wasn't too much of in-the-face arguments. Gotcha. So they kind of kept it away from the kids. Right. But then also, um, we stayed outside more, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a time there was no there was no Xbox, so we didn't stay in the house all day. We were always outside anyway. So you wouldn't know if an argument went on or not, because on Saturdays, after, after you did your chores, you was outside for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it could have jumped off while we were outside, and, and no one ever would know. So do you, would you say that they, you know, when they did have a, a disagreement or issue, would you say that, you know, all of their arguments were fully resolved, or did they kind of, you know, leave some, you know, out in the open? Did they try to resolve their arguments, or was it just like, you know, uh, you know, we'll agree to disagree and, and move on? Well, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't know. <laughs> we were outside. You outside. <laughs> well, you had to come inside at some point. Well, I mean, by the time then, but even growing up, I played sports, so I never were at, was at home. Either I was at practice or I just, you know, always out. There were some activities outside mm-hmm. or away from the home, which kept us away. So if they did any argument, it, unless you, you woke up 3 o'clock in the morning and they were yelling at each other in the bedroom, and you can hear it through your room, you wouldn't know that there was a problem in the household. Gotcha. They, they weren't yelling at each other, brother. <laughs> yeah, you would you remember that. <laughs> no doubt. And do, do y'all think that, you know, um, you know, because some couples, you know, kind of sweep conflicts under the rug and pretend that nothing ever happened, Um do you think that's a sign of an unhealthy relationship if a couple sweeps conflicts under the rug and kind of pretends that nothing even happened? And I'm not saying your parents be time, I'm just saying in general, do you think that a couple that kind of sweeps conflicts under the rug, um, do you think that that's a sign of an unhealthy relationship? Well, no, I think it's... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think it's a balance you got to strike because... You know, you do want to address certain things, but you don't want to dwell on them either. You don't want to linger on, you know, something small that may have happened. So, yeah, at some point you kind of got to move on. Um, but uh, sweeping them under the rug without addressing them, I think, is a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Five says sweeping under the rug is avoiding, and that's never good. Um, but, I mean, let's 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 spin this thing around. You know, we talked a little bit about... Um, how you grew up and, and just thinking on, you know, your upbringing. But, you know, what about your wife? 
how did she grow up? How did her parents interact with one another when it came to resolving conflict? Um, are you, do you are you aware of how her parents um, resolve conflict? Um, anybody? I mean, do you maybe you see it now? You know, as y'all are married, you kind of see them, you know, uh, going at it or whatever. But how do how do you, from your knowledge, um, how did your wife's parents interact with one another when it comes to communication and resolving conflict? That's a good question, um, and it's especially a good question for me because both of my my wife's parents died when she was um, not an adult, <clears throat> before gotcha. her, you know, adult age. So, um, and I don't know if there was a time when they were together that she would remember them resolving the conflicts. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that may speak to, you know, the way she resolves conflicts. Just figuring it out. Yeah, and that was, you know, I mean, so when you got married to y'all, I mean, were were you surprised that that you and your wife had totally different ideas about how to resolve an issue? Well, you know, she, she, prior to getting married, she, you know, it sounded like she had, Conflict resolution figured out. Okay. You know, it sounded real good. Um, and she she had you know uh, standards of how she would resolve certain things, and I agreed with them. Mm-hmm. But you don't know the you don't know what to expect in a marriage until you're actually in a marriage. So then certain things change, and I think that she didn't have the resources to to go back to. You know what I mean? When when stuff got heavy. I mean, she had an ideal in the beginning, but again, you know, so we have to kind of incorporate our own conflict. Gotcha. 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 Anybody else want to get on that? You know, did, were you surprised when you got married that, you know, you and your your lovely wife had really totally different ideas about how to resolve conflict? Did that take you by surprise? I don't know if that takes you by surprise. I mean, because you probably had conflict before you got married. Right, right. Um, so uh, you probably assume that those conflicts are, the longer more you get to know a person and be with the person would change throughout when, once you get married or throughout the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um Based on well, she knows how I am now. I know how she is. Okay, this didn't work in the past. We got to find a different way to communicate. But sometimes we ourselves and we are our how we grew up, and we convert back to or revert back to what we we see or we do or or how we were up. You know, our upbringing was. Because that's what we know. Right. That's how we resolve conflict. We never knew or were taught how to resolve conflict in the household. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got one for you. Let me let me give you all a true false, and this for the entire group. True or false, fellas? Don't let the sun go down on your anger. True or false? Is that statement true or false? Don't let the sun go down on your anger. 
impossible. <laughs> Speak on it, brother. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, you know, I was <laughs> I used to say that all the time before I got married. And uh, I, I think sometimes, man, it's I think sometimes it's just the best. Well, maybe not the best, but I think the smartest way. Sometimes you just gotta sleep on it, you know, and, and wake up with a clear head, you know. Mm-hmm. And I may be wrong, cause I was, I, you know, before I got married, I would tell my then fiance, "Baby, we never go to bed mad," and you know what I'm saying. And then after I got married, and sometimes it's just best not to say nothing. And then right. when you wake up in the morning with a clear head. Then you revisit it. That's just my. I think that's just smart. And and you know, in some cases. Words. Does anybody take that verse literally? You know, you're determined to resolve any and all issues before the sun goes down. <laughs> I don't know if anybody does. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sometimes you might try. You got no right. control over it. Somebody yeah. line. Somebody line. Uh huh. Yeah, but, you know, it ain't going to work. I know, you know, sometimes, especially, you know, the the, the, the wife will say, you know, it, oh, don't let the sun go down on her anger. Okay, you, you don't believe me, just watch. You know, as Trinidad James would say, you know, then she go right to sleep. You know, <laughs> but I think like, like, like the brother said, I mean, sometimes, especially when it's late and, you know, you really may not have time to really get into the issue at 11.30 at night, you know, especially when both of you got to, you know, punch the clock in the morning or whatever you got obligations to, to take care of. Um, you know, it may, you know, it may, it may take some sleeping on, you know, to, and then, you know, revisiting. You may, you probably won't be able to revisit in the morning because you're getting ready for work and getting the kids together and all that stuff. It may be. Right. I got to cut you off. Go ahead. Go ahead. I got to cut you off because you're doing too many maybes. Okay. You know, good and well. You know good and well the, the 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 major argument that you start discussing anyway, which is probably a short term, turns into something different because they're gonna bring up something that happened three, four months ago and get all out the subject. <laughs> and and now uh, you got another argument where you're trying to figure out where in the world this came from and why did it come up and how do we get to this situation when we were talking about this? So you got to. It's never the the major argument that you can't resolve. That's usually resolved right at the beginning. All right, hey, did you pay the bill? No, I, I didn't make it. Okay. Well, why, well, what happened with this? And then next thing you know, you argued over something and you, that came out of left field. Let's just be honest. And do you, do you think that you know that that whole coming out of left field? Do you think that those incidences come up? Or rise around that time of the month. Ooh, boy, you trying to throw a monkey wrench in there like that? <laughs> yeah, I kind of threw that. That was a curveball right in there, nine thirty. Yeah. I don't know. I think it goes back to your first question. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we, do we ever resolve conflict? And, and it's like no. Uh, so to bring up what they really want to talk about, they use a side, a decoy. To get to the main issue, but they really want to argue about because it never came out to any closure. Mm-hmm. 
Sure. So the major argument, uh, the, the the argument which you're thinking you're, you know, engaged in is really the actual, you know, you remember when somebody would look away, wait, wait for your eyes to look away, then you throw a jab at them. <laughs> it's, it's that diversion. It's that diversion to what she really wants to talk about. Right. Right. And when y'all see, when y'all, I mean, when y'all see couples, I mean, some couples just drive drive each other crazy. Would y'all say that, is that love or is that war? When you see couples just driving them, so would you say that, oh, they're just happily in love? Or that, you know, you look at it and it's, like, that's that's like war almost. I mean, they're just going at it. I mean, when you see couples that drive each other crazy, is that love or is that war? I think it's hard to tell either way, because some people love each other by yelling and fighting all the time. Mm. Mm. That's just that's 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 the way they communicate. That's how they do it, and then they have crazy makeup sex. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? To the outside public, it looks berserk. You know what I mean? But that's how they roll. Mm. That's deep. Yes, yeah, fire I mean, to this passion on both sides. Yeah. Love and hate. I mean, just imagine all the times you look at couples, man, and, you know, you're surprised that they got divorced because of the way the, the appearance looked all along. You're like, man, they got divorced. I thought they were the power couple. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was keeping up that front for appearance purposes. Mm-hmm. But you said something interesting, t Hawk. And I want to think some of the brothers might have missed it. I want to add some texture to it. Um, and, and I want to re-ask your question to the group. I got a 10-second clip, fellas. think that some people make war just so they can go back and make love. That they argue and they just fight all the time just so as T Hawk said they can go back and make crazy crazy love. Y'all y'all know people like that? Anybody know people that just fight all the time and just break up to make up as the stylistic saying? I think I have to wait for energy. <laughs> Why so, brother? Well, I, I, I think if, if you're doing that just to have some crazy sex, you need to figure out a better way to just have some crazy sex. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an elaborate waste of good energy. <laughs> but I mean, why why do people stay in these types of relationships? I mean, are they are they striving for attention, or or is somebody in the relationship striving for affection? I mean, what's the deal? Why do people stay in these types of relationships? Hmm. I think there's a lot of different reasons. I think one would be um, that they don't believe in a uh, a good relationship or believe that they can have a good relationship. That is the only thing that they know. Maybe they were raised that way, seen their parents act that way or, you know, watched Friends or whatever the case is. 
Maybe they just uh, don't believe that they can have a relationship that's like that, whatever that is.
kind of, you know, some people feel like that, brother. I mean, some people feel like, you know what, this chick wasn't ready for marriage. She wasn't ready for this. Honestly, you know, she she wasn't up for the challenge for this thing called marriage. You know, and I know one prime example, and this is going to be on all of your streets. One prime example is that can in-laws and extended family members cause a war in your marriage? In-laws, extended family members. Go ahead, brother. I was going to say absolutely. I, uh, I don't even know if I need to expound on that. That's an, that's an absolutely. Other other outside influences, whether that be uh, other family members or friends or so-called friends, whatever the case is, uh, could absolutely. I see that's where the battle, that's where the war uh, can be can happen. That's, that's where the battle begins right there, I think. The more outside influence you have in your family. You remember uh, Eddie Murphy in Raw. I think it was in Raw where he was talking about uh, and Fufu. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and he, you know, he got it. He said, I'm going to find me a butt-naked uh, black African woman on a zebra with a bone in her nose who don't know nothing about any of this other stuff. Ain't going to bring her to America. And then he said, but then she started getting around some of these American women, and uh, they were like, girl, I wouldn't take that. I wouldn't do that. And then she thought, I want half, Eddie. And, you know, she got all Americanized and got around the wrong people. As funny as it was, I'm positive that came from some type of experience that he had uh, or was having at the time. And it's absolutely true. You know, that's where some of those wars, he was completely happy. She was she was completely happy, you know, based on the joke and everything. Completely happy. She was oblivious to some of the other stuff and got around some of that outside influence, started talking mm-hmm. to you and got you all convinced, and that began a big war to the point where he lost half, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. I remember that. Good words. Anybody else? Anybody had anybody experience in-laws or, or extended family members causing a war in your marriage? Yes, five can relate. But I mean, can anybody relate to that? Where the the, in, the family member situation just messed your situation up, caused a battle. Well, I guess it's just uh, just me and you, Rodney. I don't know, but um, yes, three said not in not in their house. Um, but what about kids? How can kids cause a war in a marriage? How can kids cause a war in a marriage? Is that even possible? I mean, I would think playing, you know, playing the parents against each other. Mm. There it is. That's a great one. Yeah. That's a great one. But even even rewinding those two scenarios, um, how can uh, extended family members and in-laws cause a, 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 a war in a divorce situation? Is that possible? You're going your separate ways, and here come the in-laws meddling. You know, I mean, is that is that possible to cause a war, cause a battle, you know, when... The relationship is dissolving, and it should be all peaches and cream. But the extended family members, you know, 
get in the way? Is, is that even possible? Anybody experience that? <laughs> the the fine uh, and and I and I'm ignorant to this. I haven't experienced it, but the fine <laughs> people, the fine pieces and cream of the divorce. <laughs> That's what I was getting ready. Where'd you get that from? No, I, and I'll define it. And I and I haven't experienced this. So y'all, you know, y'all divorcees, y'all have to help me with this because I haven't experienced this. But you know, I would think I would think that you know, with the with two parties going their separate ways, you know, it should be. There should be some understanding, I guess. You know, maybe not peaches and cream. That's not probably the, you know, the the right terms to use. But um, I would think there would be some understanding, you know, from the in-laws part or the extended family members that, yo, they're breaking up. You know, it's no need even getting involved. You know, just let them, you know, go their separate ways and let them, you know, dissolve and split assets and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, what, to those of you that have been divorced, like, you know, is that did in-laws or, or extended family members play a, play any part or role in your divorce? You know, after the divorce, or the ball was rolling, did they try to get involved and maybe try to stop it or made it worse? You know, that's a good question. But when you say stop it, yeah, keep you all together. Yes, yes, yes. You and her have agreed that this ain't gonna work, and then here come Mama and them. Like, no, y'all need to, you know, get it together. Y'all need to stay together. Y'all got kids. Well, you know, that, that's a natural reaction. As long okay. as there wasn't any kind of abuse going on, that's a natural reaction from the parents. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but you gotta you got to take it to the other side and say that, you know, you asked some man at some point, you know, um, can you marry his daughter? Y'all had a life together, and then all of a sudden, maybe not all of a sudden, but now that life that he was looking forward to and that maybe she was looking forward to, too, now is now over. You can't expect that man to be happy with you, especially if he's a true head of household. You know, and Mama's probably going to follow his lead, too. So I can see that, you know, causing a lot of friction. What about the kids, brother? I mean, how can kids cause a war in a divorce? I think someone said it earlier, when you play both parents against each other. Yeah, but what if there's no, you know, nobody's playing anybody. You just got, you know, a couple kids standing there and, Mommy and daddy are fighting over them. Like, no, I wanna, I wanna, I want full custody. I want, you know, this or that. I mean, is that? Can anybody relate to that? You know, where there's no, the kids aren't really playing favorites, but you know, maybe the parents are standing there like, you know, I think I should have both of them or all of them or, you know, you should keep this one or that one. I mean. Anybody can relate to that, the, uh, how kids can cause a war during divorce proceedings? I went through that. Hmm. It wasn't like a war, but, you know, I wanted my days. I wanted my days. I didn't want, you know what I mean, I wanted every weekend. You know, cause huh? days during the week. Yeah. Every weekend? Every weekend. There's no every other week. Every weekend. 
You know what I mean? And and I didn't want her to try to get, you know, more time so she can get more child support. Because a lot of times brothers will do that. They'll they'll be like, all right, you 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 know, they'll be like, I'm free. You know what I mean? And end up getting whacked with the child support. You know. So you know the the way around that is to get your kids more. You know, be in their life more. You know. Um, but there's definitely, you know, some trickery with it. it comes mm-hmm. to um, custody. But it can definitely get nasty. That's why you got to have a good attorney. <laughs> yeah. And just like you said, you know, unfortunately, yeah, I'm up there uh, in, 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 in Jersey, but, you know, it's on the news that even yesterday, as of yesterday, there was a couple that was going through a uh, divorce. Guy walked in, says, I don't want to see the judge no more, and took him and her out. Mm-hmm. Right in front of the courtroom. So, you know, love and war uh, can become deadly. Mm, that's a strong word there. Wow. And you're right. And you're right. And I want to play another clip, um, just just extending what you just said, brother, about how it can be deadly. Do you think? Uh, ten seconds, fellas. Tears of war going on outside, no man is safe from. You could run, but you can't hide forever from these. Streets that we done took, you're walking with your head down, scared to look. But do people even realize that there's an enemy out here that's trying to destroy marriages and will stop at nothing until he does so? Do people realize that there's a war going on out out here that nobody is safe from? That the well, enemy I mean, is... they, I don't think people realize it because they go in as a dream. You know, we're going to have this, this great marriage... Here's my my soulmate, if you want to put that in quotation marks. We're going to have the white picket fence and the the big four-bedroom or three-bedroom, two-bathroom house with the two-car garage and the dog named Rover or Rocky. (laughs) And and they find out about the pressures of marriage. Mm -hmm. And... um, they don't know about it. That that pressure brings uh, is supposed to bring you together more, but those pressures sometimes uh, removes people away from the marriage because they just don't know how to handle it. They don't understand it. Now you have a war against marriage because it's easy to get out when you don't know how to handle something. It's easy mm-hmm. to say I quit. Yeah, and and that's great words. But let me rewind a bit. Do people even know who the enemy is? I mean, who is the enemy? No one knows who the enemy is of marriage? I mean, it's, it's the the enemy himself, the, the devil, Lucifer. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I think y- y'all were hesitant to, to, to spit it out. I don't know why. But, I mean, you're absolutely right, brother. Satan, Lucifer. And 
Now that I, I think that now everybody now that well, hold on, it, Rodney. Go hold ahead. On, hold on. Rodney. Go ahead. I don't want to put it all on that. Uh-huh. Okay. And the reason why I say that is because ignorance can be the killer of marriage. Mm. Not being prepared, getting married for the wrong reason. Lucifer's got nothing to do with that. You're mm. married for the wrong reasons. You're not ready to be married. You don't know what it, what what marriage is called for. You don't know your roles. The enemy doesn't have to do that. You do that your own. You, you do that to yourself. Yeah, I was gonna say, I know Jake. Jake Isn't that about, it's the enemy in a me? <laughs> what's inside? What's inside me? Some, sometimes that you know that is the case. Sometimes it's us that destroys the marriage because we went out and did this, or we went out and said that, or, or we would, you know. Some, sometimes it's just just plain outright Rodney or plain outright John or whoever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, you can't but you know what, Rodney, when, uh, when you first said that, I was thinking to myself, you know, people not know the enemy. They A lot of people don't even care that there's an enemy because they look at marriage almost like a, you know any other relationship. If it don't work, it just don't work. So the fact that there's someone out there, uh, you know, looking to destroy your marriage really has no bearing, you know. It's a self-reliant thing, and if I don't make it work, then I'll move on. I mean, I think that you, you, you're, you're all right, you know, um, that the enemy is, we, we can't put it all on Satan. Um, as the brother said, you know, the, the enemy is in a me, you know, in us. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we do know Satan is an adversary, right? Absolutely. And... Has anybody ever manned up and, and told Satan that he would not destroy your family? Absolutely. I mean, do, do y'all think that that's something that we as head of household should do? Absolutely. Yeah, daily. Mm. All right, how you do it, though? Yeah. Just say it? Yeah. <laughs> you, just, you just stand in the middle of the street and yell it out? I mean... <laughs> How do you do it? How do you achieve that? Mm-hmm. We we're doing it right now. We're working on it right this very no moment. No doubt, no doubt about it. Mhm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. By putting that work in. It's, yeah. what, it's by can, being faithful. By you know. Go ahead. Yep. You can communicate in a lot of different ways, whether that's you know verbal, whether that's uh, you know body language, you know. Dress. I mean, we can communicate. We communicate all kind of ways, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we we have a lot of <laughs> methods of communication in 2013. Lord knows. You know, do, do y'all think does Satan use the same methods, or or does he evolve with the times? You know, we, you know, do, what do y'all think? Does he use the same methods, or does he does he keep up with the times? You know, when it comes to destroying marriages. Oh, he's on Instagram and Facebook, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got the Internet, social media. I mean, he's out there. But I think, you know, the the unfortunate reality is, I think the brother said it, you know, just, just earlier, is that people don't care. And Satan is far superior to any human being in intelligence and in knowledge. The only one that knows more than Satan is God. 
So I mean, if you if you're not aware of the the trickery, you know, the and the, and the subtleties and the the indirect, you know, attacks. If you're not even aware of it, you don't have any awareness. I mean, you, you're going to get waylaid, you know. And like like T. Also, you standing in the middle of the street, like, yeah, get out of here, Satan, and he come up and punch you in the mouth in the middle of the street because <laughs> you you know you're not prepared. Mm-hmm. You're not prepared. Well, I think so. I want to challenge that a little bit. Go ahead. Not necessarily what you're saying, but uh, that some don't care uh, that there's an enemy out there. I think I think they might not care until they get an attack. It's kind of like you know, some people at the job just running off at the mouth. I don't care if I lose this job. Don't make, don't make me no difference if I lose this job or not until you lose it. Mm. Now that's a whole nother, now now you care. Right now you're talking to the boss. Well, no, no, I, you know, I ain't, ain't got no problem. I'll do, I'll do whatever. Just come on, I'll, I'll take a pay cut. I, I need to keep my job, whatever. <laughs> then you, know, <laughs> you see those, that machoism or whatever it is go completely out the window. <laughs> you change it tune quick. <laughs> yeah, sure. Or just like you know, let's just say your wife, you know, your, your woman. Uh, you, I don't care. You can walk out if you want to, and uh, you know, let her walk out. And then see how much you care. I mean, in some cases, you know, you might have you might have had it. I get that, but I'm just talking in general. And you're in the middle of a uh, an argument or what have you. Like, I don't care. I don't care if you leave or what. I don't care if you go out with somebody or whatever. Let them do it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a different story. And you're right. I mean, we we talk all big and bad until you know it, it happens. And um, you know, but I wanna I wanna. I want to still touch on this this enemy piece, you know, a little bit. Um, and we talked about Satan, but I want to want to just switch it up a little bit, um, you know, because this 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 is a little bit deeper than 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 what we've been discussing here. Let, let me let me take this in a different direction here. Ten seconds, fellas. At any point in your marriage, or marriages, if you've been married more than once, some of you have, do you think your wife has ever looked at you and thought she was sleeping with the enemy? Did, did, did you, you ever get the sense that your wife thought you were the enemy? Yes, no, maybe so. I think at certain points, yeah. Why do you think that? Why do you think? Why do you think wives, women, look at their husband like the enemy? Well, you know, I think it can be vice versa, but I'm gonna speak on them because that's the question that you asked. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we say things. To achieve a certain goal, we do things that we wouldn't normally do um, to the, in the courtship stage, and then after that, we make it comfortable. And then when they're going through dealing with the differences that they're having with us, we may not understand. And when we don't understand them, they look at it as 
as insulting. Like we're supposed to understand, we're supposed to know what they're going through. You know what I mean? So they may think that <clears throat> um, we don't care, you know, we're selfish, we're inconsiderate. Um, but the same thing, they didn't take time to, to to realize that we really don't know what's going on with them. So while they're feeling these emotions, they could look at us like we are the enemy now because we, we're, we're unsupportive. You know, I went through that a little bit. You know, my wife, you know, I didn't know what she was going through. The marriage thing was new to her, you know, and she was going through some things, and I just didn't know what she was going through. I didn't I didn't know. Right. I was going going about life, you know, the way I've been going about it. You know, every day is every day. You know what I mean? And she couldn't explain it. So who would know, you know? Right. And, you know, until I broke it down, I said, I don't know. You have to tell me. You have to explain to me. What I need to know You have to You know Teach me You know She thought that I was the enemy That I was against her But I really wasn't I just didn't know How to react to certain things And you talking about Vice versa I mean During those times During those, those times You know Where you didn't know Did you ever look at your wife Like the enemy Well n- no Because I wasn't going through What she was going through You know mm. You know They're emotional you know, a lot of things, a lot of things come into to play when they're dealing with their issues. You know, that the same things that, you know, we don't deal with on an emotional level. You know, right. so I was just at a, you know, at a at a loss, just trying to figure it out, you know. Um, but I never thought that she was the enemy now. Do you think your wife even realizes that Satan is, a, is out to destroy your marriage? Um, I think I may have had that conversation once with her, but um, you have to be in a certain place to have that conversation. What do you mean by that? I mean, you just have to be in a certain place spiritually mm-hmm. to have that conversation mm-hmm. for, for for it to actually mean something. You know what I mean? You you Got can't it. be in the middle of an argument and be like, man, honey, Satan's trying to get us. That bird, you know, that bird don't fly. You know what I'm saying? You just can't blame that. You know, you just got to understand when certain things are happening, you know, and I believe that if you know as the head of household that these things are happening and you can see the attack and you know that it's going on right now, you have to stand fast and try to eliminate it on your own. You see what I'm saying? Because once you bring them into it, they may not understand it. And that might just make matters worse. So you have to be patient, you have to stay prayed up, and you have to know what it is. Because I think the worst thing is for you not to know what it is and then call it something else. Mm. That's strong. That's strong. Well, fellas, you know, in good words, brother, thank you. Um, Out of all the couples that that y'all know that are in your circle, all the married couples in your circle, Know, think about them. Get them on the forefront of your mind. Would you say that the majority of them are are going through love or war right now? Like if you had to call it. We know it's a little bit of both, this thing called, man. We know that. I get that. But would you say out of the couples in your circle, are the majority of them blissfully in love or are they going through war right now? What would you say?
I would say, uh, from what I know, man, I would have to say love. I mean, because that's just the people. That's just the people I choose to mm-hmm. myself with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, if if, I, if I'm getting bad vibes from your relationship or whatever, you know, uh, it's really no need for me to be in your circle. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can you, but 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 that's it. You know, you you are the company you keep. Wow. So you said that if you notice some bad vibes on a relationship tip, you you remove yourself from that circle and, and disassociate with those people. I mean, I don't necessarily disassociate myself with them, but, you know, time is very limited. Right. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you don't want that kind of energy around you, especially being, you know, I mean, I'm new at everything, parenthood. <laughs> <laughs> How long you been married? Uh, three years. Oh, you ain't new no more. You know, you, you know, you can take the training wheels off now, brother. Still in boot camp, but you know, I just don't. I I don't know, man. I just I'm a strong believer that you know I can't if I don't see any growth. <laughs> I, I, Really, man, it's not, and it's not being selfish or anything. It's just, you know, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> I feel you, but I mean, you said that you're new at, at at everything, parenthood, you know, marriage. But you know, when you get that that bad vibe, or you know, maybe somebody in your circle right now that, that's literally going through war. Maybe you know it, maybe you don't, but. Is there anything personally that you can do to help them? Uh, you know, you know, pray, <laughs> pray for them. <laughs> you absolutely, you pray for them. Was there anything else other than prayer? No, but a lot of times, um, you know, I don't. You know, I'm just, I'm very, I'm very cognizant. You know, or very picky when I inject my opinion into something or give my advice. So a lot of times, man, I, you know, I won't say anything. You know, I pray for them and, you know, or, or just sometimes it's just, you know, trying to be an example. Yeah, that's good right there, being an example. Sometimes that's the best advice you can give is just, you know, just to, you know, showcase your life in a certain manner. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but... Yeah, I think that's the best thing, brothers, to, I mean, just live by example. I mean, lead by example. You know, that's the best thing because you can, you know, sit somebody down and talk to them and do this or that. But it's, if you're not living it, it's really not going to translate. They're not going to receive it. Right. You know, and even and sometimes vice versa, like you don't even have to say anything. You know, right. they could just see, you know, your life, your marriage, you know, you being a father and, and you know, doing your thing. And they'd be like, man, you know, and then when they, you know, come to you and, and, and seek some advice, you know, about this thing called marriage, um, you know, they'll receive it better because they, they've they been watching you. You know, we know that, every, you know, people watch us, you know, and no matter where we are in, in life, you know, you, people watch us in different situations. But I do know something that, you know, can, can, can help people. Um, and this is 30 Seconds, fellas.
the finances, the extended family members, the kids, the bills. We don't find out. It's just like, you know, they have 11 and, 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 and they roll the credits. But you never find out what goes on beyond that wedding day. We never find what goes beyond the wedding day. So the question, if you use the fairy tale, question is, is is that possible then? Meaning the the ending. Forget about all the stuff that's going on in the middle for a second. Mm-hmm. Is the ending possible? Is that realistic? The happy after, ever after. Ever after. Absolutely. Because I think if you can determine whether or not that's realistic and that's possible, you can deal with anything else in the middle. Mm. Mm. <laughs> wow. But do y'all think it's possible? Do y'all think um, marriage is this uh, the same happily ever after business of, of fairy tales? No. Talk about it, sir. You you talked about it last week. Am I living the, the fantasy marriage? I don't know about the fairy tale part. I think if you think of a fairy tale in the good sense, I think it could be that. Okay. I think, but it's all what you want to achieve from it. It's like it's like making a a good stew. What you put in, you'll get out. Mm. You know what I mean? If you just throw anything from the cupboard in there, then that's what you're going to get out, anything. You know, I think that we can expect to have a great marriage, providing that we do what's necessary to achieve the goal. That's a fairy tale marriage. I'm just remaining hopeful. I'll put it that way. Because, I mean, we talk, we kind of talked about or uh, talked around it in, in some sense um, last week. You know, um, speaking of fantasies, rather, you know, am, am I living a fantasy marriage? And way back in 2009, if you all recall, some of you were here, uh, we did a show called The Real World, where marriage moves from fantasy to reality. And but we also talked about... Um, a couple of weeks ago, love and hate. And why do y'all think there's such a thin line between love and hate? Especially when it comes, you know, to the, the, the woman we're supposed to, to love. I mean, we it can be borderline. Like, you know what? Why is there such a thin line between love and hate? just don't think it's hate, man. I don't think it's love, then hate. And I could be wrong. I just don't think it's love. I think it's love and then anger. Mm. Love and being confused. Love and being upset. Because that same person can turn around and make you smile again in one day. Yep. And then you call it hate. That same person can be like, look, I'm sorry. My bad. And then you write back happy again, skipping. <laughs> <laughs> my wife I mean, you're right. Power. I ain't going to front. My wife's got that power. She can control my moods, man, you know. 
Mm. I'd be happy and sad and pissed off, and she could fix all of it in 20 minutes. Mm. And I think, and I think they're both driven by extreme passion. So, you know, there's therefore there's a there's a thin line between them. Yeah, and and Lauren Hill sang on um, you know one of her songs that loving you is like a battle, and we both end up with scars. And you know we all have uh, fights and arguments, but does marriage sometimes seem like war? I know it's a harsh term, but does it sometimes seem like war? I mean, do all marriages have to go through war? Is it normal? Is is, is kind of what I'm asking. I would say war in the sense of being strategic. Sometimes you have to be strategic in uh, the things that you say, uh, things that you do. I'm not saying stepping on eggshells per se, but you know you you just have to be. You have to be strategic, and you know you can't fight, quote unquote. You can't fight every battle, kind of thing. Uh, so you know you you do have to be kind of strategic in uh, what you do, and 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 you can't be routine. You know if you want to spice it up, you want to keep it fresh. You have to be strategic about it. You know, you actually have to plan out. Uh, I think uh, T Hawk plans out. Uh, I'll put your business out there, T Hawk, but you already <laughs> I found out, right? <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, you plan a date night once a week, I believe it's Saturday. Uh, yeah. And that's being strategic. And after a while, yes, it becomes a routine, but you were strategically thinking about that and implementing it. It just didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't. I don't my guess is you weren't going in that direction, though, Rodney. <laughs> no. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay because, I mean, you're right. In war, you do have to be strategic, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just, you know, fight a battle and just, you know, march right up the, the middle of the, field, the battlefield. You know, you have to be strategic. And one of the brothers uh, earlier mentioned boot camp. Now, I've never been in the military, um, but is anybody uh, currently in the military or have ever been in the military? No? Well, good. Does anybody know anything about basic training? I know you haven't been in the military, but does anybody know anything about basic training? Now you gotta get up and run early in the morning. Yeah, right. It's like six to eight weeks, six to eight weeks of training, peer training, um, discipline. Mm. Yeah, now we're getting somewhere now. Yeah, and you're you're both exactly right. And, and it's, it's called BCT, Basic Combat Training, and it's the program of physical and mental training that's required in order for an individual to become a soldier. And individuals learn about the fundamentals of being a soldier from combat techniques to strategy, as the brother said, to the proper way to address a superior. And they undergo rigorous physical training, just like you said, you know, they get up and run, and they prepare their bodies and their minds for the eventual physical and mental strain of combat. But the, the and I think the brother mentioned it. Um, the one 
One of the most difficult and essential lessons learned in basic training is self-discipline because it introduces uh, prospective soldiers to a strict daily schedule that entails many duties and high expectations for which most civilians are not immediately ready for. So if they called all of us, none of us in the military, if they called all of us tomorrow and said, we, we need you to run five miles at 5 a.m. tomorrow, we, we're not ready for that. I know Rodney would probably make it about a half a mile. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me. I ain't talking about you, Rodney. You might make it a quarter of a mile. But I'm going to make a half a mile, and then I'm going to sit down. Why well, I got to be less than you? Hmm? Why well, I got to be less than you? <laughs> I'm just making sure you're paying attention, brother. <laughs> but none of us would be ready for that. So here's my question. Here's my question, fellas. What kind of basic training can people go through for marriage? Is there anything? Basic training for marriage, is there anything? Yeah, right here on Tuesday nights. (laughs) 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 And you're right. But, T.R., do you, do you think that married men are prepared to deal with, with modern warfare when it comes to this thing called marriage? Now, the brother earlier talked about we have to be strategic, you know, in some ways. But this this is modern warfare here. We talked about how the enemy is out to destroy our marriages. So do you think married men are prepared to deal with modern warfare? this thing called marriage I don't I don't know hmm I wouldn't say prepare to deal okay I say I think a lot of times we jump in the river and we don't know what size boat we need Mm. wow (laughs) wow (laughs) you understand what I'm saying I think marriage is that river you know, we don't know which direction to swim in. We don't know how to float. You know what I'm saying? So so we have to do whatever we did when we were a child or when when we were a teenager or whatever the case may be, whatever kept us afloat at that point. But I just don't, you know, I think that we have to, we don't know what we got ourselves into. And the example that when you go back to talking about your parents, your mother and father, I think that sometimes that was a good example. Sometimes it wasn't. In my case, it really wasn't. And just like P-Town was saying earlier, my parents talked in silence. So the resolving thing, I didn't know anything about. You know what I mean? The whole marriage piece, I missed it. It went right over my head. You know, because I was a kid. I was, like like he said, you go out and play, and that's it. And that's your life till you go away to college. You know, so you don't know how to resolve issues. You don't really know what it means. I mean, your father would have to sit down and say, okay, this is what it means to be married. I mean, to be married. And this is what's going to to happen. And this is how you handle this when this happens. And here's some examples. But if that conversation doesn't happen, you're jumping in the water and you don't know what size boat you need. Hmm. Good words. Do you you think that, and you talked about 
parental relationships, um, and we could tie this back to past relationships in general. Do you, do you think that some people have unhealed war wounds and scars from past relationships? That for me or for the whoever? Yeah, for anybody. I mean, what do you think? You got the mic. What, what, what do you think? Do you think that some people? have unhealed war wounds and scars from past relationships. And that can be a past, um, you know, uh, past marriage, past boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, or past uh, parent-child relationship. Not only do I believe that that is the case, but I do believe that it's also irresponsible to jump into a relationship like marriage with those unresolved issues. But people do it every day. Especially if you know about them. Mm. Now, if you don't know about them, you know, people have issues that they got to go see counseling to to pull it out. But if you know you got drama, you know you got issues that's, that's, that's with dealing with trust and dealing with, you know, things of that nature, then why would you get into a marriage where it's built on trust? But people do it every day. Of course they do. People drive and text all day, too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was a go. <laughs> that was but a it's go. true. It is it's true. true. It's true. Mm. But what about, you know, we, now that's about the past, but what about the current? And, you know, tying this thing back to the topic, you know, this evening, speaking of war, how does one spouse being in the military affect a marriage? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I mean, how would you say one spouse being in the military, what kind of effect does that have on a marriage? If any, say that question one more time. How does one sure spouse right. being yeah? How does one spouse being in the military affect a marriage? I think that puts a lot of. Pr- I mean, I'm not in the military, um, but I think it puts a lot of pressure on. On 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 marriage sometimes why because um, you may have to up and move move away from family uh, friends and the job that you may be uh, um, you like also um, you got to know you're going to be away from your 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 spouse. For months and months, if they have to go out to work more, so you're, you're concerned. You got the kids, you got to worry about, and uh, you still got those bills to manage. So, um, I think you know, going in, you should know what you're getting into. But there's a lot of good benefits of being in the military, and there's a lot of good benefits of being in the military. So. I think on an emotional front, as far as your question, uh, Rodney. Uh, you know, as far as like from from what I've seen growing up, that a lot of uh, people in the military are just, they're very staunch individuals, mm-hmm. and they're, they're very 
uh, almost callous in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Because they've, you know, they've just been conditioned to this and that, do this at this time, this is how it's going to be, blah, blah, blah. And it's really no, um, you know, no no movement or it's really no, um, I don't know, they're, they're kind of emotionally detached. Mm. You know, so when it comes to emotional issues like with their wife, with their spouse and stuff, that you know, it's it's kind of foreign to them because they're so, I mean, the military is so strict discipline. Mm-hmm. So I think on an emotional front, yeah, that can definitely be an issue. Mm-hmm. That's good words. Now, y'all may not can relate directly uh, to the military, you know, affecting the marriage, um, but I know y'all can relate to the church because y'all are church guys. You know, I, Yeah, that's who y'all are. And the church is, I mean, that's where people get married. And the church is supposed to be all about love. But how can the church start a war in a marriage? Is that possible? The place of love, the place where people get married and christen babies. How can the church start a war in a marriage? Well, church is sometimes always in your business. (laughs) Speak on it, brother. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, brother. I mean, um, let's just be honest. Uh, the church is full of sinners, so there's nobody who is healthy in the church. Not one person. So if you think it is, then you're at the wrong church. But um, so uh, it's a it's a place of gossip. It's a place where um, people think they know a little bit more than the Bible than you do. And um, there's a lot of uh, uh, what we call uh, representatives at the church. They act one way in front of people, and then when they get out past them church doors and out that parking lot, they, they're acting like something else. So they want to they want to portray a, a different type of image, which may, in in the past, run then talk about you when they're in that same image as you are. And I think a lot of times, Ronnie, and I, and I, you know, I know this from experience, not me, but, you know, a lot of men take care of the church when they take care of their house. Say that. Period. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, they, they at the church 24, and women, you know, they at the church 24-7 doing this, on every committee, every board. You know, and their house is in shambles, but they're thinking because they're doing the Lord's work that God is going to take care of their house, and that's that, that's not, you know, that, that's not the, the proper order, and you know everything's out of whack. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, I mean that that not to get biblical, but I mean that goes back to the Bible. I mean, you know, Adam named all the animals and everything, and then he told God, he's like, I'm still lonely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, I can definitely play a role in that, and a lot of pastors won't speak on that because they're getting done what they need to get done. Right. So literally you have guys in there stacking chairs, sweeping up, helping out, teaching a class, 
and the marriage is falling apart. Right. Here's here's the, that's the most difficult part. Glad you brought that question up. That's a very strong question because um, in some minds, you know, when growing up, we, we want to get that woman first, mm-hmm. which is fine, and then seek God. And, and then eighty five percent of the time, I believe that's how it happens. Um, Probably ninety nine point nine percent of the time that happens. Mhm. <laughs> but um. We feel that you know, take care of ourselves. That 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 would just, um, as a man, that would just pan itself out because you know you're gonna go through obstacles in your life, and so it's just another one that you just have to go through as a man. That's why you look at manhood. So uh, I believe if so I was probably going with the woman first, right? And that, that, that's that's probably you know the case. And and you you, you said something interesting about obstacles. And since a lot of us men, you know, get into relationship with a woman first and then God second, could that be why men are at war with God? Because as you said, we're supposed to get in right relationship with him first and then go out and find Young lady, so you talk about those. Well, those, like if we got in right relationship with God first, and then went out and found the lady of our dreams. Do you think that we would have those same obstacles? Hmm. Um. No. Yeah, you still have those same obstacles because you know. You're going by, I guess when you look for the, the perfect lady, the perfect wife, you have this image in your head. You have this vision. And with that being said, you feel that you know what you're looking for, not what God is going to give you. So you're always going to have that, that defense because you don't know what God is really going to bring you. So you go for the first thing that you see that's beautiful and it's, you know, almost what you want in in, in a wife. Anybody else want to chime in on that? Since a lot of us, we get into a relationship with a woman first and God second. Is that why we as men find ourselves kind of like wrestling with God? You know, maybe war with God is, you know, it's too harsh this evening. I kind of know where I'm going with it. Um, anybody else want to chime in on that? Or, or, let me flip it around. 
has anybody ever felt like they were at war with the enemy, with the devil? Whether it be fighting for your marriage, whether it be fighting an addiction. Did anybody feel like, you know, just like battling it out? Like it was literally like you were battling it out, you know, with Satan? Anybody ever felt like that? Absolutely. How so, brother? Well, I mean, you know, anytime you feel like you're. You know, your marriage is at war, man. Um, or, you know, when you feel like, you know, your marriage is falling apart, which I went through, you know, and I, I look back now and thank God I went through it very early in my marriage. Um, you know, when me and my wife separated for like a week or two, you know, I mean, you know, crying every day or whatever. I mean, because I knew that the person that I was dealing with was not my wife. I knew it was the enemy working through my wife because he knew that's the only way he could get to me mm. was through was through that woman the same way he did Adam in the garden. You see what I'm saying? So I knew I was dealing directly with him because I even told her one time when we were arguing, I said, I don't even know who you are. Wow. Because I knew it wasn't her. So, yeah, I mean, I felt like I was dealing directly with him, working through her. That's why I really... You know, I, I really never got mad at her, but I was I was so at war with him because I knew exactly what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And I think any man that, that says that they haven't dealt with that, you know, I don't know, man. It's just it's it's a scary thing. It's a very scary thing because you really feel like you because I felt like I was arguing or fighting against a complete. Stranger, mm. and this is your wife, yeah, the woman you wife. said I do. You know, honeymoon. You know, this is this is your wife, your lady, my best friend. Yeah, had no idea who I. I mean, I knew who I was dealing with, but she didn't. She didn't realize that she was the vehicle that he was coming that he was using to separate us, to get us to the point that we are now. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, he saw, I guess he saw this coming. Things are a lot better now. And, but at that point, you know, I was like, I I have no idea who you are right now. Mm -hmm. And I was directly to the enemy and, uh, you know, and, she thought I was calling her a devil, and I was like, "No, I'm not." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I seriously, I said, I, I, "Seriously, not to get deep." Yeah. I, said, I said, "I said, saying I see you," because I mean, the looking at, I mean, it just was not her. It was not her at all. I knew it was him because that was the only way he could get he could get get to me. Hmm. Mm. So, so would you, would you, oh, go ahead, go ahead, sir. I, I just want to ask a question because, I mean, I I really, I know why he's got the intellect to understand what was going on in his marriage, and it's a gift, and not, uh, we all don't have it. We all, you know, a lot of times we will blame that wife, and we'll go at her, 
and will go out and retaliate and do other things. You know, but when you say he was trying to get to you, what makes you really believe? And I just, you know, just for the callers on the phone, what makes you really believe he was trying to get to you through her? I think, I think, well, I know he was trying to break me down. Sure. He was trying to break me down, and, you know, you know, the woman is the weaker vessel. But at the gotcha. same time, you know, the, the, the woman is the closest thing to a man, it's, it's especially, you know, when, you know, you become married. You know, that, she's the closest thing to me and, and still is. And, you know, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't use another woman, you know, with no side piece or nothing, you know what I'm saying, because I wasn't falling for that. We had to come through her. And the whole, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, he just wanted to destroy the marriage. I mean, the devil hates marriage, period. He hates it. And it was the only way he could get to me. It was her. But I saw that. I saw that for what it was worth. From jump. So you being a man of God, you had a mark on your back. Oh, mm. I mean, it is. It is. I mean, it's that time. So I mean, let's just. I mean, we already here. So let's just stay here for a minute. You had a mark on your back. Right. That's how you knew. You knew it was coming, and when it came, you knew what you was dealing with. Right. Oh yeah. Now, what about the person that hasn't? made that confession yet? What about the person that, that is still in a marriage but doesn't really understand what it means to have God first? What about that person that's living different than somebody like yourself? Uh, well, will, the attack, will the attack be as strong on them as it would, was on you? I think it you would think? be. I think it would be stronger because they would be trying to fight they would be trying to fight a spiritual battle on the fleshly realm. Mm. And it would it, you know, it can't work. Gotcha. That's that's two different dimensions. You see and I, and again I'm really not trying to be deep, but that's the only way you can you know, that's the only way you can put it. Yeah, but yeah. to be at war, don't you have to know that you're in war? Right. Mm. So what I'm saying is if you don't even know there's a war going on, how can you be in the war? You knew there was a war going on. Right. That's there's the people out there that don't even know there's a war going on. That's what makes it even worse. Ignorance. Ignorance. When you're ignorant of the battle, you don't know the fight. Yeah, but why do I got to attack you if you're not a threat to me? Good point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if... If you're not an, a threat to me, you are a threat to the adversary because where you going with your family, where you stand. But there are those that aren't a threat is what I'm saying. So you, because you said he was trying to get to me, you knew it was coming at you. Right. But there's some out there that have no idea what, what, what we're talking about. That's true. Would y'all say that divorce is the ultimate victory for the enemy? Can't be the, the ultimate, ultimate boss. It's no, got no, to be. No. It's got to be the aftermath 
the trail of destruction from that divorce. Wow. It's got to be the ultimate. Definitely the ultimate. Because divorce is where it starts. As long as long if if you are a man of faith, as we're talking on this line, if you're a man of faith, divorce can't be the end all for the enemy because there's a as long as you have breath in your body and you have faith in your God, then you have an opportunity to reconcile. Yeah, I, I hear that and that's good, but wouldn't it be easier just to divorce instead of continuing to go through war. Hmm? I mean, it's a cop-out. To me, I mean, I I think, you know, anything worth having is worth fighting for. Mm. Um, You know, granted, I think, you know, I've always been a proponent that, you know, and I've never been to that point before, and hopefully I, I will never... But you know, I mean, divorce. You know, it, it you know biblically stated that you know it is an option in certain circumstances. But you know, anything worth having is worth fighting for. And I, sometimes I think people just get divorced just because it's just it's the easiest thing to do. I think somebody said that earlier. You know, it's 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 the easy way out. But yeah. like, you know, but like but like my brother said, you know, it's the destruction after that. Is the ramifications of that that has to be the old, you know, the ultimate detriment? You know, you know, a a divorce can prevent another marriage from happening. Times two, times four, times six, times twelve. The kids may say, "I'm not doing this marriage thing, man. It ain't work out. My parents ain't, you know, it ain't work out." The last thing I want to do is marry. I'm, you know, I'm gonna stay single. You know, divorced wife, now nah, I'm not doing that again. I know guys that say I'll never get married again. Mm-hmm. And, and, and keep in mind, it's bigger It's bigger than that, right? So if his ultimate goal is to still kill and to destroy in that particular order, um, again, his, his ultimate goal is to kill it completely, right, or kill you completely. But um, in terms of marriage, breaking that marriage up is one thing but it's the impact that he's after, more so than just not seeing you and Katie together. Mm. He, he's after the impact, the impact to your children and how they view marriage going forward, the impact of society, friends, family, who are also seeing this type of thing take place. And that's why it's so prevalent today, because it is, as the brother was saying, it is just kind of watered down or looked at as an option. Whereas in times past, maybe it wasn't so much of an option, and and now it's it's because it's so it's so there, right? Everyone, it's kind of the, the new end thing. You know, you get married with the option to get divorced. I'm surprised most people don't put that in their vows nowadays. But you know, you get you get married with the option on your mind, maybe even talking about it uh, during your courtship and saying, you know, hey, if we ever break up, then. Uh, you know, uh, I'm keeping the house, you know, off the tip. <laughs> off the tip. Or you even walk down the aisle, you know. <laughs> or, yeah. or if we break up, I'm keeping the ring. It's like, wait a minute. 
what, what are you talking about if, when we break up or if we break up? That shouldn't even be on the table to talk about. But but I think that's you know that's the that's the goal. I think the the, the greater goal of the enemy is the impact that it causes, the sure. ripple effect. Sure, sure. And like I was saying earlier, you know, getting married. All those examples are getting married for the wrong reasons. Anybody that says if if it starts off with well, if it don't work out, you've already you've already killed it. Mm-hmm. You're already done. Absolutely. You know what I mean? If you've already got an exit strategy, you're already done. You're going to exercise that exit strategy because marriage is so tough at times. The, only the strong can survive it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, T.O., I think that, you know, you might be the only one that's, um, you know, been through a divorce. Maybe it's another one out there, but I want to... You know, just put the spotlight on you just for one one second. And, you know, last October, we did a show called Are You Married to a Dream Killer? I think you were here for that. Some of y'all were here for that. But since you've been divorced, would you say at some point your first wife, your dream girl, at some point, did your dream girl turn into a nightmare? Hmm. <laughs> what a question on on T. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, at some point, I had to, right? I mean, for you to, I mean, it, at some point, it, I mean, it had to. I mean, that when you were standing at the altar, I mean, the, the honeymoon, the first, I mean, it. At some point, she was your dream girl, and at another point, she was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying that that's the way it is today, you know, but I'm just saying that at some point, you went through these, you felt this way about her, like, like man, she's, you know, my one and only, my dream girl, my soulmate, or whatever it is, and then to flip it around, man, this chick is, I mean. Um, I wouldn't take it. I might have taken it there back then, but I won't take it there today. And let me tell you why. When I, uh, after I got divorced, I had to make some transitions in my life. Through these transitions, I learned some things about myself. And there are a lot of things that I did then that I wouldn't do today. So I'm not going to say she was the nightmare. I'm just going to say that the situation turned into a nightmare. Just to keep it polite. <laughs> now respect that. You, you're exactly right. Exactly you know what I mean? Because right. I played a, a, a role in it too. It wasn't just her. You know, she a lot of times responded to a lot of my actions. You know what I mean? But, you know, it, it just couldn't go on that way. And it got to the point where somebody had to wake up out of the dream. You know, and I got to a point where I started to believe in the nightmare. Like, this is all that life is going to offer me. This is the best that it's ever going to get for me. You know, so, yes, there was, you can use the word nightmare in reference to the situation, but it, I had to wake up from it. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's good. And let's bring it back up to, to, to current 
to today, to February 12, 2013. Do you all consider yourselves to be happily married? I'm like somebody asks you, you know, hey, hey, buddy, or would you say you're happily married? Would Would you answer that that question with a a firm? One hundred percent, yes. All right. Why now? Why so, brother? Why Why so? Why would you say that? What What is the help us? Because I've been through all the drama. I mean, we've gotten through the the harm pains. I mean, we're closer together now than we were five years ago. Mm. Uh, you know, we made it through one, you know, one, two, three, four of the storms, probably. You know, no, no, no. no. You can go ahead and storm. say it, brother. Go ahead and say it. You, you've been through the war. I've been through the war, man. I'm trying to tell you. And and now, I mean, we we, we got businesses together. We, we we communicate more, especially financially, and, and uh, there's less stress because one of the stresses was our jobs. One of the stress, you know. So we both are saved. The kids are doing well in school. I mean, it's just so much is going on, even though we still have issues that we're we're, we're working on. Mm-hmm. But you got them under control. But we got them under control. We're, we're, and, we're working on them. And you've seen we're, them before. That's right. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not the perfect. We're not the Huxtables, you know. We're nothing going wrong. But. <laughs> That's a TV. That's still a TV mm-hmm. show now. That's still right. a TV so, show. Because the Huxtables weren't the Huxtables. Does that? So does that translate? Let me ask you down. Does that translate into happily ever after? That translates uh, as into happily ever after. Yes, it does. Yeah, and you. Can and the reason why is there's. Can you define happily ever after? I think you're, you just did. You know, mine is is that we've made it through the storm, and we love each other more for that. We 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 we're tighter and closer together. That that rib that she came from, you know, is is stuck right there. It's almost like some peanut butter. You know, I used to say peanut butter sticks to your rib. <laughs> Man, we're so close together; it's ridiculous. Even though sometimes we're we're distance apart away from each other. Yeah, the chemistry is even better when we get closer to each other. She's great. I'm enjoying I'm yeah. every minute. I think y'all still feel giddy about each other. Yeah. You know, despite the, you say storm, I say war. But, you know, I think that, and I'll tell you that, you know, looking at your wife, you know, now, you know, when I see her, I know that y'all are happily married. Mm-hmm. Because it's written all over her face. You know, yeah. and... I would say that, you know, me personally, I'm I'm happily married, too, and I hope that, you know, when you see my wife, despite our battles, despite our wars, you know, despite our issues, you know, I think that you can see that we're, you know, we're happily married, you know, and P-Town, you got a year on me, you in 15, I'm in year 14, but I mean, it's, I still feel giddy about her. I mean, That's I still right. enjoy to see her, you know, and, you know, tomorrow we... Spending Valentine's Day before Valentine's Day because of our schedules and the things that happen, and we say, you know what, we're just going to take this day, and and I'm looking forward to it. But how sure are you? And this is to anybody. How, how sure are you that you and your current wife 
won't ever get divorced. And you just agreed with us. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm happily married, Brother Rodney. So how are you so sure that you and your current wife won't ever get divorced? I don't think anybody's ever sure, but um, if you go in saying that divorce is not an option, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna you know make sure we we do everything that we can to fix problems. If it's one year, two years, if it takes four or five years, uh, and we can get through this war. You know, that strengthens us for the next war. Yeah, but divorce can happen to anybody. I mean, divorce can happen to anybody. I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility, right? No, it's it's not. We're not perfect. But you don't go in thinking you're going to get divorced. So if you do, your marriage is already destroyed. Anybody says that. Your marriage is already destroyed because you're already saying at the first heat of the war, you know, when that first bomb is thrown, you're running, you're running out, you're retreating. You're running the, away from the <laughs> So you're already in retreat mode, you know. And when y'all see, I think somebody talked about it earlier in the first frame, um, when, when, when y'all see people that were married for decades and all of a sudden they get divorced, mm-hmm. do y'all think they were fighting a war the whole time and we just didn't know it? Oh, what's going on? I tend to be, I tend to think that, yeah, I'm not without any evidence. And my aunt, any prime example, my aunt just uh, well, they just separated on the verge of of, uh, of divorce. They just one just moved. There's both of them in Pennsylvania. One just moved to South Carolina. My uncle and uh, they have been married for just about thirty years. And uh, just, I'm not going to say just had a falling out. One thing my family, my dad, siblings and stuff was good at was keeping things away from kids. Uh, So, you know, growing up or what have you, everything looked fine to me. You know, they didn't argue for kids with my parents and, 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 you know, those guys, that age group, didn't argue for, you know, things were for, some things were for adults, some things were kids, and that was kind of it. Get out the house, go play. Don't come running out of the house, adults in here talking, that kind of thing. So I don't know. Everything looked good with that relationship, but obviously there were some things. Now, did that start later in the relationship? Had that been going on all along? They've been dealing with it because they were trying to raise their kids. I, you know, I don't know. But I, I know that after it looked like a, a great relationship, looked like the perfect couple, you know, but uh, obviously there was a lot of things that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's great words, brother. And would y'all say that what, what kind of precautions, if any, if any, that you have set up in your marriage today to hopefully try to stave off a, a divorce, to, to hopefully try to prevent a divorce? What kind of precautions do you have set up today to try to prevent a divorce? Getting on this call. No, I've always said and, and uh again, you can never say never, I, I get that. Uh but to whatever degree I can say never, I've uh I've determined in myself that 
at the end of the day, I will not be the one filing for a divorce. Now, I can't stop her from doing whatever she wants to do for whatever reason she wants to do it, right? That drives you nuts when you think you can control someone to that degree. So I understand that. I understand she is free will to do whatever. I don't expect her to, but nonetheless, uh, I know that she could be able to. But I know for myself, uh, the, the thing that I can govern is me, and uh, I have no intentions. Like I said, to the extent I can say never, I have no intentions to, to ever file for divorce. And that didn't just start after getting in marriage. That was kind of my philosophy about marriage from the get. Mm-hmm. Long before I even met my wife, it was just kind of my... Um, Your model, kind of. foundational truth about marriage, correct. But you also said something interesting about getting on household stress. What do y'all think household stress's record is against the enemy? If you were to guess, you know, what, what would you think household stress's record is against the enemy? Mm, that's right, T Hawk. Because I have, I have it here, and T Hawk, you can actually vouch, vouch for this. I have the numbers here. Did a lot of research, as I do. But do you know that household stress's record against the enemy is actually undefeated? Wow. And what I mean by that, fellas, let me let me break it down. And Tony can vouch for this. We just talked about this, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. The brothers that we come in contact with, um, you know, they they know about what we do on Tuesdays. You know, they know about the show and everything and building up marriage and brotherhood and all that good stuff. The brothers that have plugged into this thing over the years, this is year number five for those of you that are counting. The, The brothers that have plugged into this thing have added five years to their marriage. Okay. The brothers that didn't, not all, but the brothers that didn't, the ink is dry on their divorce papers. They say, yeah, Tony, you know, I, that ain't for me, I, you know. From the time where he started, we just talked to but Tony can vouch for me now. I'm not, mm-hmm. I mean, from the, yeah, I mean, from the time where Tony started this thing in 2009 and brothers that, you know, he comes across with, I come across with, we've been, you know, sharing this, like this is what we do on Tuesday night, help strengthen your marriage, brother. You know, just come on in. Just It's just, you know, we're just chatting. We, everything is cool. The brothers that that said no, the ink is dry on their divorce, which means that, no, they're not going through the war, fellas. They lost the war. They never plugged in. We're so not talking record. about people. We, we, these people have names. <laughs> exactly. This is just not a random. We know exactly who we're talking about. Exactly. But there's one, said, there's one friend that I do have, and I will say, if you want to say, I think we do have a have a one in the loss. Because, one loss. Because, and that's not totally on us. He just quit. Mm. He quit, and he went all back in. And 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 you know, it's a personal friend of mine and I kept 
saying, come on, man, you got to come back. You got to come back. Just keep bringing it here. We're going to keep talking. We're going to keep talking. Again, we don't claim to have the answers, but it still gives you enough. And if I say what I'm about to say, I think the other Rodney's going to know who I'm talking about because me and the other Rodney spent a lot of time on this one person. And Rodney was saying, I'm going to give you more ammo for your gun. Remember that, Rodney? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a long, long time ago, yeah. you said, yeah, you keep coming in, and we just giving you more ammunition to go back into the fight. Well, that particular person just, you know, he got what he could get, but he wasn't hearing it, and he quit. Yep. And then he quit on his marriage as well. So that's not on us. No. Mm-mm. So I'm going to still go, I'm going to go on record. You can the household stress's record is undefeated against the enemy. Yes, it is. Like you show up here on a regular or irregular basis. I'm not saying show up every week. I'm not saying show up 50 times a year like we do. We just have this meeting for, you know, just to, with something that each one reach one. You know, we can help one person, we're good. But mm-hmm. if you plug into this thing, we got. I mean, we got a track record. Just we like I said, practice. just like I said, we've added uh, five years to our marriage, do, you know, doing this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, through and, sickness and, and death, through birth. Go ahead, Peter. And I don't know how many other uh, guys' wives on here, but um, there was a time when we first started this, way back 2008, 2009, that, you know, our wives were worried. They didn't think we'd be able to handle but we never missed a Tuesday. And now our wives are, are saying, you know you're about to be late on the call. Why are you <laughs> on the call? <laughs> like, because they already, they already see what comes out of the call. Because we learn something, too. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. So our wives are like, hey, how was your call tonight? And, and now our conversations is, um, is, is more. Because now... We take what we hear from these calls and we put it back in our own marriages. And 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 and, and, and the beauty of it is that we don't necessarily bring it to the call. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to take something the way that I brought. I'm going to take something the way that Rodney said, or that Priest said, or that or that Chuck said, or that you know James said, or the brother from 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 wherever said. You see what I'm saying? But first, it's just showing up and just trying to get better. And then that saying, that's what's saying, no, I'm not going to get divorced. No, divorce is not an option. Because now there's accountability factor. Not an option. There's accountability yeah. factor. Mhm. And, and you talk about accountability, and this thing, I mean, this is about accountability. And, it, I mean, it, it's kind of like counseling, but it's really not. Um but with regards specifically to going to counseling, um, if a couple is going to counseling, does that indicate that their marriage is in trouble, or does that indicate that their marriage is strong? If a couple is going to counseling, does that indicate their marriage is in trouble, or that their marriage is strong? I believe their marriage is strong. I'm say strong too. Because. Most people go to counseling when they get in trouble, though. Yeah, yeah, mm. that, that's true. But see, if it's the first time, let's just be honest. It took me 
of my nine-year marriage, eighth or ninth year, to say, all right, I'm breaking down the wall. Let's go to counseling. Because, you know, my wife asked me multiple times. Even when we got married, we didn't go to counseling before we got married. I said, if you don't know who, who I am by now, then we need to end this right now. Did you tell her you was a grown man? Did you say I'm a grown man? <laughs> <laughs> I worked around that word, but that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> I ain't going to have another man up in my business. Yeah, I'm a that's grown right. man, dog. I, I mean, I was like, hey, either this man's going to marry or he's not, you know. And so, um, if it ain't about getting in trouble, then, then what do you go to counseling for? Like, how, how do you reach that? Topic as far as hey let's let's start some regular counseling sessions baby. Well, well I, I think Tone can answer that one because he's done it. I think that uh, I got to the point where you know I didn't have the answers and I needed a mediator. You know what I'm saying? So instead of just saying the hell with it and just you know ignoring it, I had to get some help. I ain't trying to get first this, bro. But mm-hmm. you tell me, you know, you don't decline. But what is it that you didn't have the answers to specifically? Well, it's it, not a specific yeah. thing. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a. If 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 you got a man and a female, now she may not understand what I'm saying to her, and I may not understand what she's saying to me, but she thinks that I'm supposed to understand. You follow? And it's just a language that I may not get. Well, I may have been saying the same thing to her over and over and over again, and she's just not understanding me. Or the arguments are coming to a point where, you know, it's like, okay, nobody wants to bend. So now that's when you got to call a referee and to sit you both down and say, okay, now what are you trying to say and what are you trying to say? And now he'll come with a conclusion that you're both crazy. <laughs> and I think you know you're, leaving the part out, you're leaving the part out too to y'all. What's that? The part the the part you're leaving out is that you're here on Tuesdays and you're still seeking outside counseling. Yeah. yeah. So you turn you turning over all stones. You're not just like telling the wife, Well, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my answer from the brothers at household stress tonight and we're gonna work it out. You were like, No, I'm gonna get that and I'm gonna I'm gonna call the counselor too. Well yeah, you know, I wanna work on my three points. I want to work on my no look pass. I want to work on the layup and every and the no look pass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't want to just be one dimensional. I'm trying to be well rounded. Watch out for them passes, bro. That's right because I I just don't want to lose. You see what I'm saying? Because I've already lost one. So now mm. I got to be smarter than the last time. So even before it gets to a problem, and if I need help, I'm gonna go get what I call marriage maintenance. And even if you just sit down with somebody and say, okay. This is how we're doing, and let's talk. It's healthy. Mm-hmm. It's healthy. And I know when I got married, um, our wedding coordinator told us, she was like, you should do um, like a, a marriage retreat once a year, every year. Marriage Good, bad, and different, rain and sunshine. Do a marriage retreat once once a year, every year. What, other couples? Yeah. You know, like they did this, this weekend, they did a weekend to remember. They made you know, a movie about that, man. That movie wasn't too good. Remember all them black couples that went on a marriage retreat, man? Ended up couples retreat. Ah, uh, couples retreat. I think the name of that movie. Yeah, couples retreat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, overall, her, you know, her, her, her point 
you know, was, you know, spend some time investing in your marriage. I mean, that's literally the word she used, invest in your marriage. And, yeah, everything could be going great in your marriage. It can be better, just like T.R. just said. You can be better. And I think that's the part that a lot of us don't realize is that, sure, we got a happy marriage, but this guy talking about, you know, he wants to work on all aspects of his game. You know, the layup, the no-look pass, the three-pointer, you know, the the assist, the rebound. I mean, everything. He wants to work on every aspect of it. Whereas I think sometimes we get a little prideful. We get in our, you know, like, ah, you know, marriage is pretty good, you know. And then, because the enemy is always lurking. It don't, he don't quit. You know, you talked about the brothers quit, you know, on us or on the marriage. The enemy don't quit. The enemy going to be ready. He's going to be ready in a, in, in a few minutes. You know, uh, as the day turns over, it'll be tomorrow soon. He's going to be ready for you. What do y'all think about taking your wives to strip club? No. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. We talked about that. That's um, We got a whole episode on that. You have to check the archives on bands and make a dance. <laughs> I think um, I just want to bring a segue somehow. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. But I think a lot of guys, I think a lot of guys, unfortunately, um, you know, we're talking about the, the war in a marriage. Unfortunately, guys don't even, they're not even, they're not even realizing that they are the cause of the war in the marriage. It's not All her. You know, it's not her. All the time. No, not all the time. A lot of the times. And that's a hard one to swallow, right? Yeah, I still got a difficult time swallowing that, brother. (laughs) You'll get it tomorrow. You'll get it tomorrow. I understand. I understand what you're talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. It is difficult. Sometimes we just mind our business, man. We mind our own business, man. (laughs) We can blame for walking, you know, walking into a wall. We just mind our own business. (laughs) It is what it is. Well, let me ask y'all this, you know, regarding... uh, the war in in the marriage. Um, could the ongoing war in a marriage be God's way of revealing character, whether that be your character or her character, or both of your characters? Can you know the the ongoing battles, the the war, as we're talking tonight? Can that be a way of God, you know, revealing character? Absolutely. Yeah. Say that one more time, Ronnie. I'm sorry. Yeah, the ongoing war in a marriage could be God's way of revealing character. Where is no quitting. You know, quitting, you know, you're out. You you didn't learn anything from that lesson. You just rolled out. Hmm. Because, you know, honestly, fellas, is the only person that we're truly good at loving is ourselves. Is that safe to say? The only person that we're truly good at loving is ourselves. Nah. I, no wonder some people don't love don't themselves at all, man. I was, uh, yeah. I, I know where you're going with it, uh, uh, but I think the faith that to answer that question in, in general, keep it general, is uh, I would say no. And the only reason why I say that is because um, there's so many aspects about my life that I could and should probably be doing better, simple like exercising and things like that. If I truly love my 
myself as much as I would like to think, um, you know, I, I, I'd have to say no. Yeah, and, um, you know, because I was thinking along the lines of that, how often do we, you know, we fail God, we fail our wives. Uh-huh. You know, that, that's that's where I was thinking of that, uh-huh. where, you know what I'm talking about, you know where I'm Yeah, no, I know what you're talking Yeah, I can see the runway. Um, <laughs> but honestly, fellas, honestly, fellas, is, is this marriage thing a lot harder than you ever imagined? Is this marriage thing a lot harder than you ever imagined? Or is it just like you imagined? Go ahead, PJ. Yeah, it's harder, man, because it's something new every day. It's not, you know, you can't design this program. There's no way you can put it in a plan together to find out what's going to happen in your marriage every single day. So because of that, you know, you you have to always be on your toes. You always have to. But isn't that what makes marriage so rewarding? Absolutely. I mean, there's there's, there's reasoning why uh, Christ doesn't put, uh, why the word is not structured in a way that it tells you everything in between. Mm. The word, the word gives you the happy ever after. Hence the reason, you know, this is where fairy tales get it from. To be honest, and I was waiting to kind of get to this point, but this is where they get it from. There's a, there's not a whole lot of the in betweens of what you go through. Matter of fact, you know, the, the Bible's going to say that you know the the days of man on the earth are few, but they're full of trouble. Right, and so, so it gives you that. It, it tells you that. Um, that they that live just will suffer uh, suffer persecution. So it gives you that, and it gives you you know a, a few other uh, things telling you that there's going to be some trouble. But it it spends a lot of time talking about the victory. It spends a lot of time talking about the hope, um, the empowerment, the the fact that you are a chosen generation, royal priesthood, that you are the apple of his eye, that you are uh, the more than conquerors, you're an overcomer by his blood, and so forth and so on. It gives you all of this other stuff that you, but it doesn't tell you, you're the lender, not the ball. It doesn't tell you how much drama you have to go through trying to get your credit back together, trying to get back on your feet, be able to pay your bills, put some stuff in savings, skip the vacations this year. It doesn't tell you any of the struggles that you're going to have in marriage because of your finances. It doesn't go through any of that stuff. It just tells you you're the lender, not the borrower. Mm. So, you know, I, I think, yeah, perfectly. One, because I think if we knew all the stuff that we were going to go through, we would never get married. Mm-hmm. We would never join. We'd never get in the covenant. And we would continue to do things as the world does them. Uh, but, yeah, they're purposely hidden from us because we can't handle it. You know, so, uh, Jack Nichols, you can't handle the truth. Mm-hmm. But uh, for once, I think it's, uh, I think if we keep our eye on the hope, we keep our eye on the prompt of the quote-unquote the victory that we know we'll, uh, we, we, we have obtained through Christ, then I think that's what we keep... You know, again, since this is Bible study hour, <laughs> that, uh, that uh, Christ, the word says he endured the, cr- the cross, 
because the joy that was set before him. It was it was hope. It was the promise uh, that was that was set before him, and that's the example that we have. It's because of the hope that's set before us, the victory that's set before us, the promise that's set before us that we can endure any of this other stuff. We can we can endure this. This stuff on the grand scheme of things, this is little stuff. And I know we don't look at it that way, especially when you know uh, she spent all the money in the account. She spent three hundred dollars, and she didn't ask me about nothing. Mm. She, <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Hey." laughs> had a flashback. Had a flashback. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she got out of she got out of work at five o'clock. She didn't come home to eight o'clock. Mm. You know, just kind of all of that stuff. She came through with bags. You know, from the store and stuff like you know, from the shoe store and stuff like that. I mean, all of this kind of stuff. If you really think about it, is 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 vanity, as Solomon would put it. It's all vanity. It means nothing. It's a puff of smoke. Poof. Hearing is gone. It means nothing in the grand scheme of life and in the pursuit of happiness or or the victory as promised to us. So, well, Rodney, you mentioned rant. that's a good word. You mentioned those fairy tales, and I want to come back around. You know, to that, um, because like you said, I mean, after you go through the war in your marriage or building your credit back or, you know, you know, maybe it's building trust back if there was infidelity or whatever the case may be. After going through war in your marriage, some might even call it hell. Mm-hmm. How is your happily ever after different than those happily ever afters at the end of those fairy tales? Well, Fairy tales are meant to fit within a time frame. You know, they're meant to fit within a sitcom or a movie. And, you know, they're meant to create and evoke a certain type of uh, emotion, reaction. So, the, you know, it's funny, you think about the happy ever after part. I I do believe that you get to a point in marriage where you basically, you learn each other. You know, I like the brother said that, you know, you're constantly working on his game, working on his marriage. It's not that you get stale, you know, like the couple that sit outside reading the paper and just, you know, that, that's about all they do all the time. But you learn your partner. And a lot of that, again, it goes back to the cleaving part. The Bible says that, you know, that the two cleave. Cleave means to separate and to come together. It's the same meaning for the same word. Separate and pull together, and that takes time. Is You can pick all the traits out of somebody that you got married to, but you don't really know who that person is until you really start peeling back layers and, you know, to get comfortable with, like, oh, you one of them females that like to pass gas. Great. How come I didn't know about this before? <laughs> you know, it, 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 the representative didn't show you that. <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't you don't find that out on the date nights. You know, it's, and it's, you start finding out during your first fight. You know, it takes time to get to a point where you sit there and work it out. Some people come with a whole bunch of anger and f bombs. Some people. They just acquiesce, and I'm going to go talk to my mom. And Lord help you if you got one of them moms that didn't like you in the beginning already. So <laughs> then if you go back to go, I'm going to stay with my mom. And here come mom coming on. You better not touch my baby, my baby. Oh, gosh. So then you got to work through that, you know. 
everybody got their own hand. Some kind of combination of those things. You know, some people, man, you got to deal with that infidelity card. You know, I I personally, I don't know what I do. I I really don't know what I do, man. And um, I would be totally caught off guard. And my thought always coming into marriage is, yo, if you cheat on me, we're done. That's it. I'm not I'm not going off of this. But I've heard met many people say, that's what I saw the first two, man. But it's funny, I'm like. You know, now I'm at this point saying, I ain't going to be me. Maybe you changed your mind, but I ain't going that route. I hope never to find out. But that's one of the things you don't know until you actually, you know, you came home early one day. (laughs) Well, you know it, now you got something else to talk about, you know. It's... Oh man, it's, it's, it's life, right? It's, it's life, right? <laughs> well, I, well, I know, I know what I think you might do, um, but I want to play this clip before I ask the question. You know, if you did come home early, oh, um, you know, and and yeah, yeah, your Ooh, wife Hyundai is in my driveway. Yeah, and and her, <laughs> you walk into the master bedroom and her legs are up. Um, oh, no, bro. Yeah, no, you don't want I to. I definitely need counseling this. I want to play this clip. This is only 10 seconds before I ask the next question. Um, 10 seconds, fellas. Cry for me, cry for me. During the fight, during the war, is there any crying aloud? Has anybody ever literally cried in the heat of the battle? You might cry at that scenario, you know, you come home early. And you know, situation like that, but you know, generally speaking, fellas, is during the war is there any crying aloud? Is that okay? Not on the guy side. Really? Really? I don't think so, man. I think that's a violation of man law, section four. <laughs> so, so no crying aloud. You gotta look it up. I uh, Are y'all in agreement with that? No crying aloud. Uh, at least not in nope. public. You gotta go in the. You gotta go. You know, in the man cave by yourself. Maybe break a wall, hit a wall, or something. But yeah, you know, you know. You gotta um, break something it, first for value. You got. You got. <laughs> yeah. Mm. In the middle, you cannot go straight to the field. You cannot I, go straight to the waterworks. I would probably not shoot on that for a second, since you asked to listen to some of the responses. And I would probably, I would probably have to agree with that. Um, so I was thinking about the times that it's okay, it's probably um, uh, good to cry, or, or at least show some emotions in some of the situations in, in that relationship. Obviously, that's. You know, maybe in your in your worship or your praise, if you're kind of doing that, uh, loss of a loved one, different things like that. Uh, you know, joy of graduation, the kids and stuff like that. You know, different things like that. In the midst of the war, if you were, if we're calling it the war, or the battle, or what have you, I think you are absolutely supposed to be the stronger of the two vessels, or at least you have more to pull, angrier. You have to pull it together. You have to pull it together because that house, in particular this woman, uh, when it goes 
when the order goes, God's ahead of Christ, Christ ahead of man, man's ahead of woman. She's following you, kids following you, you guys as parents, and you have to pull it together in the in those type of times. I think um, because that's that's what the argument from her side probably is all about. She's looking for some leadership. She's looking for somebody to make a decision. And Ronnie, you're using the uh, war analogy. You know, <clears throat> on the battlefield, I, I would think you probably won't see too many soldiers crying. And if you do, you know, you got the the, the, the captain or the major or whomever coming to get his butt in gear and, and focus on the task at hand. So, you know, as the brother said, we got to be that strong one, you know, so there, there'll be time for pause later, you know, but in the midst of the, of the battle, right. you got to kind of man up. Mm-hmm. Good words. Because honestly, you know, the the greatest joys in your marriage um, probably haven't come without a fight. You know, there's probably not much of anything. Um, you may not can think of it right now, but there's probably not much of anything in your marriage that really hasn't come without a fight. And earlier we talked about you know, the the enemy, Satan. And, and some people do real, recognize the enemy. But why do people sometimes just let him win? Just quit. They recognize him and then they say, oh, you know, hey, you win. Why do, they, why do people just let Satan win? It's the forms that Satan comes in. They don't necessarily come at you with antagonism, man. You know, here's the favorite saying uh, within the black church, one of them, you know, uh, they say that no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Mm -hmm. That's true. But the reality is Satan doesn't take tactics that are necessarily against you. He does more Trojan War-type tactics where, he brings the poison to you, and you take it into your own camp, and he opens it from the inside. Think about the things that you do. You know, you will. You got your favorite porn websites, right? This is stuff you want. So you bring it in. It's on your PC, saved wherever it's at. That's stuff you want. Girlfriends, old flames, old books. This is stuff you keep. Stuff that's tempting you that you actually keep. It's bad for you, but you keep it within your own personal story. And when you open it, when you go at it, it's just as bad as if it was coming to but, you know, you kind of acquiesce to it of, oh, man, you know, I kind of caved in this time, and, oh, man, I'll get it together next time. But, you know, it, that, that's really a lot of times how saying works. You know, it's it's much easier to get the enemy to hurt themselves then they have to put all your energy in trying to fight against them. No words. And I want to play the final clip of the night before we shut this thing down. This is only five seconds, fellas. Final clip of the evening. How do you know when it's time to wave the white flag and surrender? 
how would one know when it's time to really? <laughs> some of you have, you know, waved the white flag. Some of you been through the divorce, you know. How do you know when it's time to wave the white flag and surrender? What do you mean by surrender? Like after the war or, or surrendering to a divorce? Yes, surrender to a divorce. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sign the treaty paper. Sign the treaty paper saying you took a L. But how do it you happens. know? I mean, how do you know when it's like, you know what? I ain't fighting no more. You know? When you, when you got nobody to fight with. Mm. <laughs> you can't make talk. stay if they don't want to stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wanna go, when the fight is over. You know, throwing everything at it, nothing's working. Mm-hmm. Now, again, wise well, man said, you will never exhaust all the options that you have available. Still, <laughs> 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 at all, <laughs> if you don't have someone to fight with, then yeah, you know, you gotta have somebody to fight with to be at war. But let, let's rewind a bit, T.O. Let's rewind a bit. What does it mean to wave the white flag? And I'm just talking this just generally speaking. What does it mean in your oh, own no, words? I'm not I'm not I'm not waving it. No, but what <laughs> is just general not not necessarily in your case, but what when you hear that expression, what does that expression mean to wave the white flag? Does anybody know? I'm tired of fighting. Let's call it a truce. Surrender. Sure. Surrender. Surrender. Yes, but listen, watch this. The expression also indicates that you want to talk with the opposition in battle. Mm-hmm. And the white flag is an internationally recognized protective sign of truce or ceasefire and request for negotiation. And listen, it's often the weaker party that requests negotiation. And a white flag signifies that an approaching negotiator is unarmed with an intent to surrender or a desire to communicate. So a person carrying or waving a white flag is not to be fired upon nor is that person allowed to open fire. Yeah, but I wonder if anybody actually, you know, used that as a last-ditch switch-up effort, man, came out there waving the white flag and pulled out two twenty twos at the end smiling and, ah, I got you, son. That's a woman. That's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, she cook your dinner with the white flag, too. Come with the white flag and dinner. Oh, and that happens too. That happens too. When and, and uh, when when some folks uh, let's just be honest. It happened yesterday. Uh, the guy and the wife they they waved the white flag. What was supposed to be in court, and guess what? He ends up shooting her. And ends her life. I have a couple friends that I went to school with that are dead 
because they're boyfriends in their life because they couldn't work it out. Because, you know, one waved the white flag and the other wanted to keep going. Um, you do you do see relationships end that way. Is the wave the white flag though, or is it I'm tired of being in this combative relationship? I just want to out period away from you altogether, and the other person got a control issue. Well, <clears throat> control issue is a big issue in marriage. Mm-hmm. That's a big. That's a big one. That's a good one. Because um, when it's not balanced or there's one that says my way or the highway and the other one says the highway is uh, death do its part and they they believe in that death do its part, you've got problems. But you, you said something really profound about control. And I want to break this white flag down a little bit further. The Christian flag, which represents all of Christendom, has a white background. I want to briefly explain vexillology. Now, vexillology is the scientific study of the history, symbolism, and usage of flags. So a person who studies flags is referred to as a vexillologist. A person who designs flags is a vexillographer. And any person who simply likes, admires, or enjoys flags is called a vexillophile. But I digress. In conventional vexillology, a white flag is linked to surrender, which now, watch this, fellas, is actually reference to the biblical description of Jesus' surrender to God's will. And look at what it says in Revelation 19:11 regarding the second coming of Christ. I saw heaven, heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. Skipping down to verse 13. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. Then armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Okay. So, just a little bit deeper on, you know, this the the symbolism of the white, you know, waving the white flag actually has some deeper meanings. And if y'all can recall. The very first question I asked tonight was, how did y'all meet your wives? Y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's my question, and don't miss this. Did the war start before you and your wife ever met? War start before you met. Yep. Why so, T Hawk? Talk to him. 
the war started before you was here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but I think I think a greater question though is, did the war finish before you got married? Yes. <laughs> no doubt, Rodney. Thank you. <laughs> no doubt. The war was finished before we got married. The end was determined before we got married. Before we got married. We had to go through what we had to go through that was predetermined for us to go through it when we got and during the marriage. And that's how we know we're not getting divorced because it's already been written and it's already done. You have you have to go through it though to prove you gotta that. You got to go through it, <laughs> right, right. And you know, looking at how you and your wife grew up, all of the experiences, good, bad, or indifferent, that's where the conflict arises. Mm-hmm. So before you even you know met. You know, those feelings, those experiences were set in, and the war was, I mean, the war was fermenting before you even said, hey, like the brother said, I'm, you know, sorry, the work conference, before all of that, all of those different experiences play a part in your conflicts today. But what's the topic again? Love and, Love war. and war. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think that we're missing. We're leaving something out. Okay, talk about it. We're leaving something out here. I'm going to tell a story <clears throat> about what happened to me um, on my birthday. Now, i got a man cave, right? But my man cave isn't in the house. My man cave is actually the golf course because that's my hobby. That's what I like to do, and I keep that separate from my marriage. And it's healthy to keep something separate from your marriage. <clears throat> so I had a birthday, and um, I didn't, obviously I didn't have any plans because my wife would, you know, plan what we're going to do for my birthday. You know, that's her thing. That's what we do. So I wake up in the morning, on the morning of my birthday, and I say, okay, so what are we going to do today? She says, you have a tea time at such and such golf course at 11 o'clock. I'm like, what? You know, for me, it's kind of weird hearing that coming from her because I've always kept her separate from that. Um, You know, but it was very special. But I was overwhelmed because I've got this person that, took herself, because I'm thinking that me and her are going to do something. Maybe we'll go to the movies, we'll go to lunch, dinner, she's got the whole day planned. That's what I'm thinking, right? So, that, you know, I thought it was a joke. I was like, yeah, whatever. Who who am I going to play golf with, you? She said, no, I'm not going. <clears throat> she says, just show up to the golf course, and I'm pretty sure that you'll see somebody that you know. Mm. Now, that tells me that she had to, one, be so creative to the point where she contacted the people that I play with and said, this is where I need you to be at my husband's birthday, and y'all need to. She just coordinated the whole thing. So anyway, make a long story. I was overwhelmed by it. She didn't know I was, but I was. And then I showed up, and then my boys were there, and she 
contacted one and another one, and she got my phone, and she she hooked it up, and we had a, two groups going out, which was amazing to me because I've always kept her away from that, you know. But the point that I'm trying to make is that we have this person that is selflessly given their life to our happiness. This person that can say, okay, I'm going to love you and I'm going to be with you. I'm going to make sure that you're happy. And I'm going to make sure that you're happy with me and that you have the things that make us happy. And I think that sometimes we lose we lose track of what we actually have in a spouse. And we focus on the war aspect of it and the argument aspect on it. And we just forget about the fact that we have one person that's designed for us. And I've never had anybody do that for me my entire life. You know what I'm saying? But I got to be grateful for the fact that I have that. And now I got to keep shooting jumpers. And I got to keep making 100 layups a day. And I got to keep doing all these things that make me better for her. Because I know at the end of the day what she stands for. And I think the thing that we're moving, I mean, that we haven't mentioned tonight is that we all have one person that's for us. And that's got to be a gift. Mm. That's good words. And in talking about that one person, what's your mindset, T.O.? And what I mean by that is that are you victory-minded or battle-minded? I'm victory-minded now. Mm. I had to come out of the battery, the battle-minded mentality. Mm. Because I did that a lot. I did accusing, accusations a lot. Why is it this way? Why is it that way? Well, you know, why are you doing this? Well, you know, I like this. I like that. You know, and then you sit down and you say, but, you know, am I being too picky? Mm. And, you know, is it my is it my first response to be combative? Or am I going to calm down and just appreciate what I have and work with it? Mm. So you're saying that, you know, we got to pick our battles. You know, is sometimes it is is peace better than being right? Sound like you just said that. (laughs) 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 I'm on the street with that one. Go ahead, Rodney. (laughs) I think that's where uh, kind of I had trouble with the war thing because war, war. War doesn't determine who's right or wrong. Really, war just determines who's left. Mm. Mm. Right? I mean, at the end of the yeah. day, it really doesn't. You're not right just because you had 5,000 soldiers and only had 300. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, I think that's where some of my some of my struggles was that. So when we go through, and I, I completely understood where you're going with it, that, you know, if we have wars, we have battles with our um, spouses, what are we really looking to get at? Are we really are we really looking to prove that we're right, mm. or we're trying to prove that they're wrong? I think that's something that happens a lot in the beginning of marriages. You know, you come in and you know, once that honeymoon period is over and some real issue pops up, you know, you got to kind of see who's got the better you know, debate skills, whether it's the accessible argument or who's got the best F-bomb combination. And 
fight a couple times, you, know, you start realizing that, you know, hopefully, that it really isn't worth it, man. It really isn't. Exactly. You know, exactly. You know, makeup, sex, or whatever. You know, you're gonna eventually get to the point where you just you start feeling low, and it's like, you know what, man, whatever. I'm not, I'm not going through this no more with you. And sometimes it's not the guy that that does it. Sometimes you get these women, man, that feel like they gotta, you know, stand up and be mighty mouth on every situation. After a while, in order to show her, look. This confrontational crap ain't working. Right. You just sometimes don't okay, you don't get into it with them. They want to start up something. Like all right, whatever, I'm out. And I think if you do that, sometimes they get the point. Or if it gets to the point where they still don't get it, I mean, that's probably time for that counseling uh, card to be played. But yeah, uh, that, and you know, and and that's what I was gonna ask is like. You know, will when it comes to the war in a marriage, will the war ever be over, or is it this is just what you signed up for? Like it's just a nah, man. It's not what you signed up for. You can't yeah, believe no, that. Oh. You can't believe that. You can't believe that. I believed that in my first marriage. I believed that that's the way it was supposed to be, and I was wrong. You know, you can't believe that. You have to understand that you're going to go through it. But it's not a war. It's a transition. Mm. Transition is going to get you to a happy place if you can run the race. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. All of the all the stuff that we were talking about before, first, not last, above, and never beneath, um, all, of, all of that stuff, in order to get there, you've got to go through. And again, this is why uh, a lot of that's written about trouble. Matter of fact, it's written more about trouble than it is about the prosperity of, of a believer, right? Uh, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers out of them all. Paul is eloquently putting in um, Corinthians, he, he talks about the fact that we are uh, hard pressed on every side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not. You know, yeah, we're not crushed, and so forth and so on. So, and there's a lot of challenges that we face and we know that and when we see Christ walking in his ministry that's what we see him dealing with people who are going through issues the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years the man who said it to pull the Bethesda you know for uh, as he perceived in himself a long time um, you know the man who born paralyzed uh, you know the man who had four of uh, four other individuals carry him to Christ I mean all throughout scripture especially in his ministry, he's dealing with people who are going through things. That indicates to us we one of those people. That's right. And, mm-hmm. and, and in very ignorant terms, right? <laughs> we, we we one of them people. And that's that's um we have to understand that. And that translates into marriage in all aspects of our lives. In a lot of cases, it don't give names in the Bible just as a certain man or something of that nature. For the simple fact, doesn't mean it's a specific person when it says certain. It's just saying it could be any of us. Insert your name. And this is the kind of drama that that's prevalent with people. And it's because we're born in sin, shaven in iniquity. But maybe more than that, it's because this is the way that we get that basic training that you were talking about. This is how we get disciplined. This is how we learn. It's no different than regular than other kids and things like that. So we have to go through a lot of this stuff. It's not a form of punishment. It's not some curse that's on our lives because if we're blessed, 
as we say we are, we believe we are, then, you know, the Bible clearly states that uh, no man can curse something that God's already blessed and vice versa. Can't bless something that's already cursed. If we're blessed, there's no curse that we're living in under. So when we right? do like, have to go to battle, though, yep, and we have those challenges, you know, in our marriage, um, should we go by ourselves or should we bring somebody with us? Uh, you mean outside? You know what I mean. <laughs> Talk to him, T.O. <laughs> we, know, we know Rodney by now. We know what he means. <laughs> you already showed up with the person, which... Mm. Mm-hmm. I would think. Yeah, but mm-hmm. some people want to bring their mama, or I'm going to tell my daddy, I ain't there for this kind of mess in the marriage. And then, you know, or I'm going to get my brothers on this, or I'm going to tell somebody, you know what I mean, somebody from your past, yeah, you going to bring that. it to the marriage. Nah, he's talking, yeah. he talking about the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Well, hopefully, and, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And, I, yeah, I ain't talking about bring Ray Ray and Man Man and them, you know. And them. Um, and them. Yeah, no. <laughs> And and, and, yeah, and then, <laughs> <laughs> but T. says something. This is my final question, fellas. Um, T. says something interesting about the Holy Spirit. Um, and I just asked this question a few minutes ago, but I want to ask it again. Uh-oh. Will the war ever be over? Well, when will the war be over? No. When you stop looking for war... If you constantly looking for us, if you're looking for war, you'll find it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it, fellas. Don't yeah, miss so it. The war, I think the war is over when you accept that it's over. How far are you taking this right? <laughs> I'm taking it far because, as I said earlier. Horizontally or vertically? Vertically, brother. Because as I told y'all earlier, Satan is going to be ready tomorrow to wreck your marriage. He don't mm-hmm. quit. He don't quit. He don't say, you know what, that Tony, man, I can't mess with Tony no more. I'm going to go over here to uh, Rodney and mess with him now. No. No, sir. He's always going to be there. He always going to. So that's what I asked. I said, that's why I said, don't miss it. When well, will the war be over? That war is never over. Thank you. That war is never over. That war is never over. That war is never over, yeah. If you got to go to war against your own partner who keeps getting into it, then, you know, that that's a learning experience. When when it gets to the point that you and your wife, for us, I guess, you and your wife stop fighting each other and start fighting together against the outer war or the greater war, that's when you are now fighting on one accord. That's when you hit a point of cleaving. Love it. Mm. No doubt. But until you get to the point where it's, it's not her fault or it's because, you know, your mama raised you to be a lazy lump or I can't believe that you still, when it, when it gets to the point you start bringing up the old, even if it's right, even if she, you know, I, I thought we had this conversation about your spending and here you come three years ago, I told you about this. When you get past that stuff, when you get to the point of, all right, let's talk this out. Let's get this done. Let's get over it. Let's get to something else. Then you're now winning together against the outer war, 
who tries to drop stuff in your marriage so that you fight each other. Mm-hmm. Does anybody pray for their wife? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All day, every day. Because even, in, even in the midst of the war, you know, I'm reminded of Luke 6 and 28. You know, in the midst of the war, you know, Luke 6 and 28 says, pray for those who spitefully use you. That includes your wife. Y'all yes. going through it, you know? What, so, and, I, and I absolutely agree with that. So my question would be that when we pray for those type of things, for the things concerning the war, um, well, actually for anything, what are we believing? Hmm. What are we believing? Like, what are you praying for? No, not what you're praying for. What are you believing when you're praying? Are you saying believing that you'll be victorious? I'm I'm just asking. <laughs> right? I'm taking, Don't ask him for the approach. answer. I'm taking your approach now, Rodney. Right, exactly. You're asking him for I the mean, answer. I'm, I'm, I'm like T.R. I'm victory-minded, you know, that we're going to get through this. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. You have to you have to believe that your prayers are going to be answered before you pray. Period. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's your mm-hmm. right. You have but the problem it. is you got to have patience. Because, you know, your answer is not going to be, even though you pray for your wife, it may take a year. It may take two. Mm-hmm. But eventually you're going to say, you know what? I see the change. Right. So, right. So I, I believe that when I'm praying, what I'm praying about, because if not, then I wouldn't bother praying. I might will just go and, and hang out with Ray Ray and then have them figure out my problems. But I'm praying. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm praying to who I believe not only has the power to uh, to to cancel out this attack, but someone who has already done this, right? Peter, uh, uh, and Isaiah says, by his stripes I'm already healed. Mm-hmm. Or we're already healed, right? So it's, it's an already deal because... What I'm I'm only praying because of something that already took place. Mm-hmm. If, if Christ did not die, I would not be praying. If He did not ascend to heaven and pour His blood out on the mercy seat of heaven and send me back the comfort of the Holy Ghost to empower me to overcome, to be an overcomer through His blood and by my own the, the testimonies of my own words then uh, I wouldn't even be praying. So I'm only praying because something already took place. They canceled out everything that I'm going through. Now, does that mean I don't have to go through it? No, it doesn't mean I don't have to go through it. It's really just a test of my faith. It's not a test of my It's not a test of my marriage. It's not a test of me and my kids. It's not a test of me and my job. At the end of the day, if you, if you drill down to it, it's really it boils down to a test of my faith. But now faith without works is dead, so I have to continue on I have to believe that it's already done, but by me believing, it can't just be an inward belief. It also has to be an outward expression of what I believe. So I have to continue. So if I'm believing that God, I'm praying, God, you know, help help me and my, my wife to, to overcome this, 
this thing that we're going through. I'm believing already that that's done. As a matter of fact, he goes on to say that uh, in Ephesians 3.20, he says that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Mm-hmm. He can knock that thing out the park. What you're asking him to do, he takes it to a whole other level. But the end of that says it's through the power that's already in you. Mm-hmm. You, already, you already have the power to stop this fight going on mm-hmm. in the house. Mm-hmm. You already have the power to correct these finances and, and, and get that stuff under control. You already have the power to bring some discipline and some, some regulation in your house, some order in your house. You have that power.
The reason why your marriage is falling apart not because I didn't answer your prayer. I gave you the power. I told you to suck it up. I gave you the power to, to, to swallow, to, to eat crow, if you will, and, and humble yourself and, and make things right. You chose to, to hold on to pride. You chose to hold on to this negativity or this hurt and uh, and channel that in a negative way to your wife and chase her away, if that, you know, whatever the case is. But um, there's power. There's there's a lot of things, and that's what we talk about on this call, a lot of things that we're supposed to do. Regardless if she does what she's supposed to do, at the end of the day, we're supposed to love her as uh, Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Mm-hmm. But if we can about, do that, don't ask God for nothing. Yeah, you talk about, you know, standing up and doing something. And, you know, T-Hawk was talking about changing our whole outlook. And I'll tell you what I've been doing. I've been praying with my wife. There you go. Mm. And that's something that we just started doing in 2013. Because it was, you know, it was a war going on. And, you know, I've seen that, you know, you talk about exceedingly and abundantly, brother. I mean, wow. I've seen the change, like radical change around here for the better. Mm-hmm. Just with making that little, and, and fellas, it's not, you know, I'm not on my knees praying, you know, for two hours. With, it's, you know, it's, it's just, we just talk to God for a few minutes. And it was so important is that it was something that I wasn't doing with her or even alone before. I wasn't even praying. My prayer life was zip, zero, nada, nothing, other than, you know, over my food. That was it. I thought monkey wrenching. Go ahead, bro. Do you think that some of the chaos that was happening in your life, in your marriage, and I don't know if it's chaos, I'm just going to use that word, that's sure. the only word that came to mind was because she didn't see that side of you. She was waiting. Possibly. It goes back to that family that prays together, stays together. Now, 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 she was waiting for something that maybe she didn't even know she was waiting for. Mm. That's that unspoken language. That's that spiritual stuff that I'm talking about. She knew what she wanted, but she didn't know how to talk about what she wanted mm-hmm. with you. You see what I'm saying? And then when she got what she wanted from you, she said, now that feels good. Now that's what I need. Mm. And now her guards are down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Now she's coming to the party with whatever, bearing gifts. Yeah. When before it was a constant struggle, but she didn't know why she was struggling. But now she probably sees you as this man that she could do everything with and pray with. Mm. Come on, man. And that's the piece that was missing the whole time. We did everything else together. How's she going to get mad at that man? How is a woman going to get mad at that man that says, honey, get with me. Let's let's get on this knee right now and talk to God. How's she going to come the next day and cuss you out? (laughs) (laughs) It makes it tougher. It makes it tougher, tougher, man. Yeah, that's good words. That's good you know, it's, it's it's all love up in my house. You know, yeah. it's all love. Yeah. Because you've been praying together? Absolutely. Got the lottery ticket, brother. Right. Something different. I mean, you know, she... she hey, she, prayer changes things, man. Prayer changes things. And it I will change your marriage, too. I think, it's, I think it's biblical. I think when we read the Bible and we listen to how things happen chronologically... 
and how, you know, the stories of each one. I think that, you know, at some point we have to start looking at our life that way. And when certain things happen, we got to say, okay, well, this thing happened because this next thing is getting ready to happen. And don't take it for granted that today you had an argument that's going to lead to something else tomorrow, something better. Or this was highlighted because now you recognize it. This is highlighted because that happened. You know what I'm saying? I think that once we start looking at our lives that way, then we'll have a better understanding of when 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 the tough stuff comes, we'll know how to deal with it. Right. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Now we'll be expecting certain things. That's like the enemy can't really attack you if you know he's coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can try, but you already know he's coming. He ain't catching with your pants down, literally. Right. Literally. Literally. Literally with your pants down. <laughs> wow. You see what I'm saying? So we start living biblically to the point where we know there's a, a reaction, there's a time, because we already talked about earlier, we already know the end. We don't know the end, but we already know that God knows the end right. yeah. before we were here. And we so know we if, win in the end. If that's the case, what is there to worry about? What's that fight about? Exactly. Exactly. What are we talking about here? And these things. <laughs> we could have skipped this whole conversation. Though. <laughs> you, know what, yeah. you know what makes that so intriguing, man, is that, sure, you, you say you know the end, but I always, it's like whenever I get this to people. I'll no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't know the end. I'm saying God knows the end. I don't know the end. Right, well, yeah. in the way we do, how this is, if you believe this book, according to this Bible, Oh, we win. There's going to be two sides, those for and those against. So, yeah. But in me, in that time, from the time you're born until you either rapture up out of here or exit out of here the ground way, it's that life that throws so many what-ifs that you can start asking questions to yourself, like, do I really believe this? Like, you know, it don't have to be necessarily bad stuff happening to you. You know, I know people who, you know, you're gung-ho, and then all of a sudden 45 people die, and you're like, well, where was God at? And you start asking, you know what, I start asking that too. Like, I don't have no answers. You know, how could God let this person die? And, you know, and all of a sudden, this person, how does this happen to good people? And that's when you start really, really seeing the measure of the word faith. Because it's general PR talk before you start getting testing, man. I have my faith. I worship. I believe in my faith, blah, 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 blah. Easy stuff. It's fluff. When you got, you know, a promise over your life or something that you was excited about and 10, 15 years have passed, you know, years, generation. And you still don't, it's one thing to get an idea of seeing something come together and you can kind of get an idea of how God's moving, but when you don't feel like you ain't doing nothing but just getting older, <laughs> that's, a, that's a different measure of faith, man. And it's that's a challenge. It's hard. Yeah. Good words. Well, fellas, that's all I have. It's time for the wrap-up. It's late. We'll get a little bit of open mic. But I do have a conclusion. Your favorite part. <laughs>
put you all on mute for a second, bring you back. The conclusion. Author Elisa Bowman wrote a book entitled Project Happily Ever After. On her blog, she lists 12 reasons to fight for your marriage, and here are just a few of them. First, she says it's more rewarding to run a marathon than it is to walk to your mailbox. Nearly everyone can walk to a mailbox, but only a few people have what it takes to run a marathon. Relationships are similar. It's easy to love someone during easy times, but it's a lot more rewarding to love someone through hard times. Secondly, marriage provides you with continual opportunities to grow. The harder it is for you to make things work, the better person you'll become. Third, your wife can make you strong where you are weak. Fourth, most of what you fight about now will eventually become something you can laugh about later. And finally, fellas, your wife might be capable of hating you more than anyone, but your wife is also capable of loving you more than anyone. 